0: what is up everyone episode 13 of the will wonder pod and we are back with a doozy uh to start off the podcast this is brought to you by happiest happiest is your number one place to go for premium cbd products at a fraction of the cost uh, no thc included so no worries if you get drug tested It's locally sourced and third-party tested. Uh, Once again, as you all know, I use the number 14, the freeze roll-on for those sore muscles and joints. Works great. Uh, Go check them out at happiestmed.com and use code WONDER at checkout for 10% off of your order. Once again, that is happiestmed.com, H-E-P-I-U-S-M-E-D.com and use code WONDER for 10% off of your order at checkout. Okay, top of the show, want to give a big birthday shout out to one of my good buddies and an avid listener of the pod, uh, Dustin Stepanovich. Uh, Going to be 35, my guy. It's all downhill from here. Um, I'm just joking, but uh, I've known Dustin for a very long time, ever since he had pushed Jazz Nation in the ice back in second grade. Uh, There's a story behind that that we don't have time to get into. But happy birthday to you, Dustin. Uh, Hope you enjoy your week and your birthday. Um, we lost a legend in the basketball space. Uh, Hall of Famer Elgin Baylor had passed away at the age of 86 of natural causes. I mean, you look at his resume, just just rattling off a few things here. 11-time NBA All-Star, uh, NBA All-Star Game MVP in 59, 10-time NBA All-First Team, Rookie of the Year in 59. He was on the 35th anniversary team, the 50th anniversary all-time team his jersey's been retired by the Lakers. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on and on. Um, So losing a legend is always sad, but he definitely lived a full life. Um, So if you're not familiar with Elgin Baylor, make sure you go back and check out some of the uh, videos that they have on YouTube of him hooping, because he was uh, definitely a special uh, basketball player. Let's see, what has been going on? Man, NCAA tournament, what a roller coaster of upsets, and my bracket is dunzo. So uh, Ohio State loses to Oral Roberts that first day, which hit my bracket a little bit, but didn't kill it. Um, next day, later on, Texas loses. Um, I had them in the Final Four. Illinois loses to Loyola. Oral Roberts beats Florida. Iowa loses to Oregon. Last night, USC beats Kansas, which... I actually had happening, but, um, I know a lot of people didn't USC looks tough. Uh, so ah, I guess we just wait until Saturday and Sunday to see who advances. Um, I still love Gonzaga like USC quite a bit, but, um, You just don't know. (laughs) Uh, All right. Moving on to some NBA notes. Uh, Last week, Minnesota beat Phoenix 123 to 119 and Anthony Edwards had 42 points. Carl Anthony Towns also added 41. (laughs) So the two of them had 83 out of the 123 points, uh, which is crazy. We all know Carl Anthony Towns is is special and can be when he wants to be. Anthony Edwards has been kind of up and down, but that was a fun game to see him just just attack consistently, especially against a good Phoenix team. Um, D'Angelo Russell should be returning soon, and it it makes you wonder if that'll hinder his... his performance going forward or if, if he'll be fine. So I guess, uh, you know, only time will tell, uh, man, we had some injuries, uh, this last week, LeBron injured his ankle, high ankle sprain. They're saying he's likely out at least a month. Um, I mean the Lakers are, are going to be hurting without LeBron and AD. So, um, we'll have to see what happens in the next couple of weeks where they fall to in the West. But I, no disrespect to Kyle Kuzma, but I just can't see him being a top scorer on a on a team that does well in the NBA. So, I mean, maybe he'll prove me wrong, but uh, I guess we'll see. Also, Lamella Ball, uh, who was number one for Rookie of the Year, fractured his wrist. He is out for the season. A report came in today that he had surgery. Everything went well. But again, it's going to be a little while before we see him back on the court. Um, some other news and notes. The Rockets had lost 20 in a row until they beat the Raptors on Monday night, uh, thanks to John Wall's triple-double. I mean, this says a lot about both teams. I mean, Houston, we already knew after the James Harden move was going to be a bad team. Uh, They were going to struggle. So... uh, It's not awful, but obviously 20 in a row is a big deal. Uh, just in case you were wondering 28 games in a row is the record set by the Sixers from the 2014 to actually the 2016 season. So they overlapped a little bit there, uh, 2014, 2015 to 2015, 2016, to be clear. Um, but again, like I said, this says a lot about the Rockets as well as the Raptors, um, Toronto may be in a much worse place than the Rockets. The Rockets aren't expected to do well by any means, and they have a shitload of draft picks to work with in the, in the coming years. And you know they can move all the depot, yada yada. The Raptors, on the other hand, I think they're going to be moving Lowry from all reports prior to the trade deadline. They've they've lost nine games in a row. Uh, at the beginning of the season, I said they were they were really the biggest question mark. I wouldn't be surprised if they had finish the season at 4th place in the East or 12th. Um, losing Serge Ibaka, losing Marc Gasol, they just felt like a different team. Um, Siakam's been in and out of the lineup with injuries, and last night he got into a, a fairly big argument after the game with uh, Nick Nurse. So, looks like it may be a sinking ship in Toronto. Okay. One other note to touch on. Obviously, the trade deadline is coming up this Thursday. Uh, My Magic and Aaron Gordon look to be officially parting ways, which is okay with me. Um... The biggest uh, suitor from what I'm reading online is the Boston Celtics, where they would be moving Aaron Gordon and Evan Fournier to the Celtics for two first round picks and Marcus Smart, which I would love. I am 100 percent cool with that. So um, anyone in the Orlando front office, if you are looking for advice from myself, go ahead and take that deal. Um, Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Okay, keeping this intro very short, next week um, I hope to dive into a lot of the trades that had happened in the NBA. Also, next week I'll touch more on the NCAA tournament. I do have a very fun conversation for you guys coming up uh, with DJ Juggy, former DJ of the Utah Jazz, heavy hitter DJ. Um, his accolades could go on for days. So I hope you all enjoy it. Um, I'm going to forego roses this week, but I tell you what, next week, two two bouquets of roses. How about that? Uh, I'm actually starting school today again, going back to school. So I've got some things ahead of me. Um, uh, but luckily I was able to record this interview with Juggie, uh, a little bit earlier. And again, it's a lot of fun. It is lengthy, so, pack a lunch, have a drink, but it's all really, really good information uh, on his career, how he started and, and where he's at present day and everything in between. He's done a lot. I mean, a lot more than I even knew about. And I've been um, somewhat friends with him and, and been following him for, for quite some time. So, uh, without further ado, here is my interview with heavy hitter DJ Juggy. Okay, my next guest is a fellow wrestling fan. A snack enthusiast, huh. a, a father of three, um, much to the chagrin of a 19 year old DJ Will Wonder, Salt Lake City's mixtape king, and a heavy hitter. Oh. <laughs> well, uh-huh. A heavy hitter and the top DJ around these parts. Uh, DJ Juggy, welcome, my friend. How are you doing?
1: Hey, doing well, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the, for the kind intro. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I mean, we'll just get started from the jump. I, I kind of want to know, um, going back to kind of your first real memory of hip hop, whether that be a specific artist or album. But what got you into uh, the music itself?
1: Um, uh, it it would definitely have to be the uh, the live uh, show aspect because the you know the DJ is uh, he's in charge of everything he's in charge. I mean, without the music there, ain't, there's no, I mean, the shows, there's no show. So, right. I mean, whether he's DJing, you know, he or she is DJing for an artist or they're DJing to, you know, uh, open up the crowd or play in between like the DJ is everything, you know what I mean? And once yeah. I, re- I, I realized that at a young age, um, uh, you know, Public Enemy, Run DMC, Rob mm-hmm. Bass and DJ Easy Rock, uh, Kid and Play, I mean uh EPMD, these are all groups who um they had DJs. They were yeah. and not and not just like DJs, like they were significant parts of the group, you know, Rob Bass and DJ Easy Rock. I mean, it's in the it's I hope you don't mind, but I'm gonna curse, you know. Oh, it's absolutely. In the, it's, it's, yeah, it's, curse it's, a lot on you. You're good. Okay. <laughs> it's 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 in the name. It's yeah. in the name, you know you know run dmc they ma- you know they made songs about jam master j you know yeah. jazzy jeff and the fresh prince you know like this wasn't this was this was you know cool G rap and polo like this this was a thing yeah. you know like you you were a part of the group like you weren't you know like obviously there's a lot of groups that You know, there's DJs are a significant part and maybe the group has a name, Cypress Hill or Brand Nubian or wherever it is, you know, EPMD, obviously, you know, there's a lot of groups, you know, groups that are names that don't have, you know, like that, you know, salt and Peppa, and, you know, I mean, I can make, I could sit here and name off of, you know, groups, an artist all day that have you know, six significant DJs that were a really a, a part of the show or or they were a part of the act or they were a part of the group, you know? So not to make a long story longer, but that was it, you know, just seeing, you know, it's like, you know, and it's like, yeah. all right, whatever the DJ does, you know, if he fucks up, you know, the show's fucked up or if, he oh, fucks, yeah. if he's killing it, the show's killing it, you know? So there was, you know, both ways, there was a lot of pressure, you know? And we've all seen, the infamous uh, big cap, you know, notorious big video, you yeah. know, where, where the, uh, you know, and, and, and that's not his fault, you know, no. he's play, playing on records outside in the heat. So the records are fucking warping, you know, yeah. so, you know, and, and of course, he, the, sh- the show's fucked up. So he takes the blame for it. Big's not going to be like, oh, it's all good. It's hot as <laughs> fuck out here, in the records are war. No, nah, yeah. like you fucked up the show. I'm throwing my water at you. You know. Yeah. So that w- that was really it for me. Like just seeing the DJ up there, and just like, um, you know, just the DJ just killing it for the show. And then a lot of times they, you know, the DJ had had his own part. You know, and right. the D- you know, and then like for instance, like Maceo, he's a part of the group. You know, he's he's one of the MCs also you know, in the group. And, you know, a lot of these DJs, they, they were, you know, significant, you know, you know, backbone, you know, like, you know, uh, 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 backbone as far as like vocals too, you know, they were doing backup vocals and, you know, and, you know, and just, um, uh, navigating the crowd too, in between songs, you know, while the MCs are taking their breath and, you know, and, wiping the face and getting the water who's who's keeping the show going the dj Absolutely. is the dj yeah. is you know oh you know whatever whatever they're saying to the crowd or whatever you know the the segue to the next song boom and then you know so yeah man it was just that was just i mean the rapping part was cool you know like it was cool like mm-hmm. it, just, it just it just wasn't for me i could buy, i could rap I can rap, you I'm know? Right. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, give That's me a game. little 69. No. I didn't say I was, I didn't say I was good. I didn't say I was good. I, I, can, I can do rap, You know? <laughs> yeah. You know, being in the game for so long, you just, you know, oh, fuck, yeah. man. I, I pretty much talked to my kids in fucking eight bars <laughs> at a time, you know? So.
0: <laughs> oh man. I love that. That's funny. <laughs> you talked about uh you know some of those classic groups like like uh Public Enemy you know with DJs like Terminator X so you you actually got to see uh, them live at some or at a at a younger age is that right
1: uh, i didn't get to see them in person at a younger age i okay. just saw them on tv cuz right. you know at the, at that time mtv was was huge and all those artists that i named um you know eric b and Rakim, i don't know how yeah. i can even forget that you know these guys were all Killing it at that time, you know, when MTV came out and these guys, you know, were, were you know, hip hop and rap started becoming, you know, a thing. Commercially, you know, these guys were all over the place. They were the, right. they were there, you know, and then they had to make their own show, you know, or whatever. So yeah, I mean, I con- I constantly saw them on TV, MTV specifically, you know, until yeah. B- bet came later, and then um they had that uh channel, the subscription, not the subscription channel, but you had to call up. And yeah, cost the money. Yeah. Yep. yeah 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 oh yeah, yeah. So, for
0: those that didn't have cable yep. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah so you had to call you had to call up you know and yeah so yeah so i just i always saw them until i, I got older and then i went to you know one of my first concerts and and then you saw and then saw in real life you know but, but yeah always on television videos and you know whatever concerts they would show on tv or award shows or just wherever you know
0: okay okay yeah that's dope i i um you know you think about that now on mtv all they play is ridiculousness and a lot of i mean a younger kids would forget that they actually had you know music shows or, or don't MTV even know or, or don't even
1: know they probably don't it, even know what that's MTV true. stands for you that's know, true
0: right? <laughs> they just think it's rob Deer dick's station
1: yeah <laughs> i haven't i've literally i haven't watched mtv in years i don't even know what 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 programming they have on there at this point you know yeah. so
0: anytime i need something just in the background making noise i'll go there because it's going to be ridiculousness nine oh. times out of ten so just if you well, ever that's need not a, too
1: bad that's a that's a funny show yeah it's
0: funny it's funny um okay so so um that kind of got you interested in djing but but when did right. you actually start uh djing around what age
1: were you um i'd probably say 15, 15, 16, somewhere around there. We we had a uh, you know, we had the belt drive turntable in the in oh, the yeah. stack in the stacks there. The one turntable on top of the the stacked, yep. you know, the the tape, the equalizer. It mm-hmm. may have been a CD player and something else. <laughs> there was like a little component that didn't even like work. It was just like a little thing <laughs> that was there. So yeah, you know, you had the turntable on top. And then like I remember the first record I bought at uh, from Kmart. Uh, Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. He's the DJ uh I'm the rapper. Mm-hmm. They had it in the in the in the in the in the music department. And I was like, oh shit. So I asked my mom to buy it for me. She bought it for me. And uh yeah, and this is, I just uh would try to scratch, you know yeah. what I mean, on, on the on the on the on the belt drive turntable. That sucked. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, and then um and then yeah and then some years later, you know, you realize how much you know things cost and you try to save up. And, birthday presents, Christmas, whatever, you know, whatever. So yeah, I would say 15, 16. I, and then I started DJing and had aspirations to DJ. And then when I was around 17, I think I had my first pair of techniques. And then that's when I was like, that's like, you know, that's okay, yeah. like, that's like driving, you know, it's like getting your first, you may have, you know, like the, your, your first real car, you know? So. Right. I, I had a, a, pre- a pretty,
0: pretty good card to start off with, you know, Well,
1: that I didn't start off with that. I didn't, you know, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah. started off, I started off with, I had a, I had a crazy, I had a funny, I had, I just had this conversation the other day with somebody. I had a crazy CD collection, bro. Like yeah. 500 CDs. We used to, we used to rob Columbia house. The, the, <laughs> uh, we used to, we used to send CDs to people's houses and 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 our houses, I, we had like fifteen. So I don't know why they kept sending them to us, but they did. <laughs> we had like fifteen subscriptions under all types of people's names, just like not <laughs> obviously not even real names. Real people. So that, and then I re, then when I realized like, oh, I gotta d- buy records. This this these CDs, this this ain't this ain't gonna work. This yeah. it ain't you know. So and I found a record shop that bought CDs that had records, and then I started selling all my CDs to buy records, and that's how that that's how that came about.
0: Okay so. so we 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 have you to thank for Columbia House going out of business then <laughs> one of them <laughs> one of them one of them no okay that i mean the, i i uh you know i i started djing um around oh one oh two when i was a sophomore in high school and at that point vinyls were were getting expensive so i i uh, i i respect the hustle to get those cds and then just try to flip them and, and get to uh get the money for the vinyls cuz they uh prices absolutely went up, but, um, let's see. So you start DJing, you know, really DJing around 17. Um, where, where were you living at this point? Cause I I know, you know, we can talk (laughs)
1: on later, but I I was, I was living in, uh, in Rialto, California. That's where I was living.
0: Okay. And, um, you, so you came to Utah in 02, but I want to get an idea of what the DJ scene was like for you in California prior to coming
1: to Utah um it was i mean it was tough because i was just a kid and california so big and um um it just uh it was just tough you I mean it, i mean there was a lot of competition out there and yeah. um i mean you just had to <laughs> try you know pay, pay dues i guess but I, yeah. I right after high school from that age like from that 17, 18, I was, I was really bouncing around all over pla- the place. I, I lived in, you know, in California after I graduated high school. And then, um, I moved to New York for a little bit, then I moved back to oh, California okay. and then I moved to Vegas. And then from Vegas, I moved to Utah. So from that, like eight, wow. 17, 18 to like 20, one twenty-two. uh that span i was you know i was really just out like just trying to like pay dues and see see what i could do to really like make this a career you know wow so, that's
0: awesome yeah i didn't know you i didn't know you had spent some time in new york what you were, you were uh, trying to uh to dj out there as well or what is that yeah what took you i went to I
1: actually uh had an opportunity to um our, my family has a, a tow truck company and uh auto body business out there and uh my brother Uh, was at that time trying to get into, uh, uh, owning a restaurant and he was looking for somebody to, to like take over the business. Um, and I was young, you know, 18, 19. So he was like, yo, come out to New York you stay, stay with us for a few months, you know, to try to learn the business, see, see if it's, if it's something that you like. And if it is, um, you know, let's talk about, you know, for, for you know, taking over the business and running the business. So I went out there and try and, and try to learn, um, the auto body business, um, okay. <laughs> and tow truck business at, at 18. And really, yeah. man, you got to like, grow into it like you know either your dad your uncle somebody you know which they were for me but they were on the opposite side of the country so i never was like around it around it all the time to like know it and to know so it was really hard for me to like adapt and especially coming from california like going to going to live in brooklyn um work in brooklyn and these diehard you know hustling ass New Yorkers it was it was just it was <laughs> yeah. really it was really tough man it was really tough and there was there was there was days where I had like crazy migraines because I just man I couldn't I couldn't deal with like the pressure of like people you know wanting their cars and not having yeah. insurance and not you know not being able to pay for ten thousand dollars out of their pocket and you know it just is crazy man so basically yeah. it just uh it wasn't for me it wasn't for me i went out there for like 4 to 6 months or something and it just uh it wasn't for me and then i went back home and then i i just kept on trying to just figure out how i could DJ? How can I DJ? How can I be in the music business? And, you know, obviously I got to have some type of jobs, you know, whatever, but like, that wasn't it. That wasn't it, you know? Um, So I came back and then I ended up, that's how I ended up in Salt Lake, New York. Didn't work out for what I was, what I was going out there for. So,
0: okay. Well, I'm sure that that four to six months though, have dealing with all those pissed off people and people that didn't have that insurance and having to negotiate with them probably got you prepared to negotiate and talk to a bunch of janky promoters that I'm sure you've had to deal with in the past. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Kind of. I never thought of it like that, but yeah, yeah, man, I guess, I guess it kind of did for sure.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, man. Well, we'll we'll fast forward to 2002. Um, you know, I try to do a little bit of research on you online and it seems like, you know, you came here around the time of the Olympics and, and, um, um what made you I guess at that time obviously you know Salt Lake and Utah Park City was very very busy with the Olympics going on and getting ready for the Olympics but uh what did you see in Utah back then that made you you know just kind of say like I'm going to set up shop here and, and see see what happens
1: Um I I saw the city um I just I just saw like the potential in the city and just how The city was like a a big town, a big, a big, town, a big town name, but like small town feel Mm -hmm. like and I just uh, I never really experienced that before. I've always lived in big markets. I lived in that was my second time living in New York, but I lived in California right outside of L.A. pretty much my whole entire life. Mm-hmm. I lived in, I lived in Vegas. I uh, lived in New York two times. Um, so really I lived in big markets, big, you know, busy traffic, you know, all that shit, you know, yeah. my whole life. Um, and then coming here and just like experiencing like the mountains and the, and I know it sounds so cliche, but it really was, man. It was like, Super magical, I never really experienced that before. I mean there's mountains in in, in Vegas and there's mountains in California and stuff, but just like just uh, yeah, it's just very yeah. different. yeah, man it's just, it was just different and um the thi- the things that I was doing uh, uh in Vegas prior to living here, uh there was definitely opportunity for me to do them here, and uh, like I was like I said, those last couple years after high school, I was just like a like a vagabond. I was just all over the place, you know. Yeah uh here, there, any place that I could show up with a creative records and and try to DJ somewhere, you know. So um when I came here, I just saw like there was a lot of people here that were um, you know, really pushing, you know, for this market to to be something and for this market to be known and for this market mm-hmm. to, you know, for people to respect this you know, place. And, you know, cats like Brisk and cats yeah. like Kel, um Focus. Um uh, I'm trying to think. um, You know, uh, there are, you know some some more guys that you know that aren't around. Um, But yeah, those those guys, you know, were really pushing the culture. You know, Brisk. You know, not to put him out there, but he was all city with the graffiti. I don't know if you got if you know oh, that. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, you know he was. A, I, the,
0: we talked on a prior podcast, and I said he is hip hop. He's yeah, epitome of hip hop for Salt Lake City.
1: Yeah. So when you when you see like like how Ch- Chaka was on the news and shit like for yeah. LA, like to my understanding, that's like what brisk was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so when I came out here, subsequently brisk was one of the first people, people that I met, uh, wow. that, and I, it wasn't, it wasn't even planned that way. Like I just, was as soon as i got out here was like all right cool where's the hip hop at you guys have hip hop shops you have record shops you have yeah. gatherings what do you guys do out here is for hip hop you know and they're like mm-hmm. oh well, this spot over here and and um you know function and and then uprock and it was mm-hmm. and when i when i had met brisk it was right before the olympics i came out here just just to come out here um and i met brisk he was working at function and then I met Kel and those guys. They were uh, at Up Rock, obviously. And then I came back a few months later because I was uh, DJing for uh, the guys on Stones Throw, uh, the guys from the loop Pack, and uh, oh. Kazi, Metaphor, all the guys from Oxnard. Um, uh, I we had a, we had a bunch of shows lined up out here uh, okay. for the for the Olympics, and then in Colorado. Um, so I, I had came, I came back for the Olympics and then I was just like, you know what? I think I'm going to move here. Yeah. And, and, uh, yeah. So yeah, man, I just came to the city a couple of times prior to moving here and just really liked how, how there was hip hop out here. Like it wasn't like LA, it wasn't like New York. It wasn't like anything else. It was just smaller, but, um, really down for the cause. You know what I mean? Like these guys, you know, they weren't toys. Yeah, uh, you know, and I was just like, "Oh shit," you know. Okay, cool. Because I have a, had a marketing uh, promotions and marketing company in Vegas. We did a, at that time. There was a lot of street team stuff going up. You know, posters, flyers. You, you know, I don't know if you ever remember the days of going to a concert and then coming out and then hit getting hit oh, with yeah. like a you got flyers like,
0: all over your car. Yeah. And, yeah, or
1: even like you know the labels like giving out like snippet tapes, uh, yes. mixtapes, yep. different different things. You know, so I had I had that really heavy in Las Vegas. And then I came out here and was doing that out here. And I was working for the fader magazine. So I had a bunch of stuff going on with like a, other labels and uh, magazines and different brands and just a bunch of shit happening. Energy drinks, just a lot of mm. shit happening, you know, just with as far as promotions and marketing goes. So, um, yeah, so a lot of uh, just the, the market itself out here brought me just just the, the opportunity just was was there. It was there. I was looking for a, a new a new home. You know, like I said, I was in between Cali and Vegas, New York, the last those last couple of years after high school. And yeah. uh it, that that wasn't I I needed a place like to call home and this was it. This is That's, the place. As yeah, they there say.
0: you go. There you go. That's awesome. Um <clears throat> I know uh you you've always been very heavy on the mixtapes when they were actual mixtapes when you could purchase a physical copy of something whether it be CD or what have you now mm-hmm. everything is online but uh, did, were you making mixtapes prior to and i'm sure you were but were you making mixtapes prior to uh, coming to utah like when you were in vegas were you were you making oh, them yeah. quite a bit
1: yeah oh, okay yeah. So- like actual like like cuz at that time the two, that like you know the end of the 90s and the 2000s like like tapes and cds were still i mean it's funny oh, yeah. because 20 20 years later um you know you see like all the artists when they're they're offering the same things now tapes cds yeah. and vinyl you know yeah. and the and the digital <laughs> of course everything comes full circle but yeah just at that time um i was doing doing tapes first mixed tapes you know okay. in the late yeah. ni- in the late in the late 90s i couldn't i couldn't afford I mean, you had to be rich to press yep. up CDs, you know, Absolutely. you had to be, you had to be, you had to be DJ clue, you know, guys that, you know, That were yelling was, over was, the
0: tracks. Yeah. Well, no, just guys <laughs> no.
1: that were making thousands and thousands of dollars off right. of mixtapes. Cause at that time to either pay somebody to do it, or if you were, if you were really balling and you bought some type of, um, you know, CD duplicator mm-hmm. like that, you know, that was crazy. You know, yeah. like, cause like I said, that, that wasn't like CDs were like, the start of the digital era, like kind of like, even though it was mm-hmm. a phys- physical product, like it was digitized. Cause it wasn't like, a take. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, you know? Cause yeah. it's like, then it's like, Oh, you could take the CD, put it in the computer and now you have MP3s. So it's exactly. like, yeah. you know, so it's, I feel like CDs were like the gateway to the digital era, even though it was the CDs are still physical. If you can kind of catch yeah. that
0: no I, I yeah I um, yeah for sure so
1: yeah so yeah i definitely was doing tapes first and then and then cds i'm that old i was doing actual and i still have the all the masters of all those old mixtapes um i have all of them still um That's really cool so yeah so i have cds to tapes to to digital and i haven't gone the usb route yet i don't know i just i just haven't done it yet but um yeah maybe maybe when things open up and you know we start like DJing out again it's right. easier to have those USBs because uh, you know you're not going to carry 50 or 100 CDs right. you might so, so you you know when people come up they're like oh cool i have this USB you know and you sell the USBs it's so, you know they got a you know, 50 mixes on them or something, you know? No,
0: that's a a great idea. I didn't even know dudes were doing that
1: or that was a thing that was going on. Yeah, I got that from Tony Touch because all his, his whole collects and and Spin Bad recipes, they're, yeah, they, you can, like, you can go to, you can go to Tony Touch's website and, uh, you know, whether it's the hip hop or the house or the reggae or the old school or whatever, he's got a different USB for all the different genres and it's got all the mixtapes on it. So you buy one USB And you getting like fucking a hundred mixtapes or 50 (laughs) or 70 or however many mixtapes you have, you know, per, 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 you know, per, so
0: that's insane
1: per USB. Wow.
0: Okay. Okay. Damn. I, I, so I had started, um, Making mixed tapes. I, I made a few on actual tape in high school, but copying those as a kid uh-huh. in high school were fucking impossible. So those are right far and few between out there. People still have them and they they text me about it from time to time, but they don't even have fucking tape players anymore. So right. um, but I started making quite a few CDs and I remember the MySpace days, getting on MySpace and and just I mean, I was a kid, so I didn't know the top DJs in Salt Lake City, right? Because I didn't go uh-huh. to clubs. I I mean U92 didn't from what I remember, didn't even really have DJs at that time that right. actually mixed, right? They, no, they did. On their they personality.
1: No, nah, they just had Baker boys on the weekends or that's Friday right. nights or something like that. But yeah, they didn't yep. like have like mixed shows per se. And they I, still, I, they still don't. I don't think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know now. I have no idea now. To be, uh, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, uh, that's why I said I think because yeah. I I no nobody nobody i really associate with directly works for the radio station like all the block party boys you know none of us yeah. we don't work there you know so we i don't i don't know
0: yeah um i wanted to bring up the mixtapes for one reason because the other day i was laughing about this when i when we had scheduled this time to talk so um i had started making mixtapes like i said high school then i started uh converting it over to a cd i would plug my uh mixer into the back of my computer and just record on this super cheap program. I don't even remember what the program was called. Um, Audacity. No, uh, no, no, it wasn't even that bro. It wasn't even that. It was a, it was almost like, um, I, I would say it was like garage <laughs> band before garage band. Oh uh, shit. But it was just cheap. Like you could plug in a mic and talk or you could plug in some type of um, interface and just record your audio. So, gotcha. uh, but anyways, Probably my eighth or ninth mixtape because I I had nothing but time, right? I was going I was in high school and I was DJing. So I made right. a uh a mixtape called Coming for the Crown. And I was coming. Oh, wow. for, I was coming for your ass. Okay. Oh no. <laughs> it didn't it didn't pan out. I mean it was I never said anything about you, obviously, but I was like, that's what I want to be one day. And uh Needless to say, it didn't happen, but I just thought it made me, it really made me laugh. I have to go back and find the actual mixtape to see what you're going to have
1: to post it on there, yeah, man,
0: to, to see what, or at least like find the it.
1: track listing. Maybe, maybe do. did you talk on it? Did you talk no, on it? Nope. I didn't uh, talk on them. I just mixed. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: And there was usually like, cause I try to just get brand new songs, right? Like stuff uh-huh. that at that point you could go on a bunch of uh, record pools or there was like different blogs where you could find newer music but that mm-hmm. for sure wasn't being played on the radio here. So I, I tried to gotcha. be that person to get it to my friends and to different people. They buy the CDs for like five bucks. Uh-huh. Um, but, uh, but I still remember that. And then I, I remember handsome hands hitting me one time and, uh, around that same time and being like, Oh, I checked out your mixtape. I like to keep doing your thing. And so uh-huh. me, I, I was like, oh yeah, did you like those exclusives I had? And he was like, he said something like dog exclusives. I've been had that shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, I can't get too confident. I'm 18 years old, but, uh, but that was a, uh, that's just a funny story I wanted to that share with sounds you, like
1: you. You said it exactly how handsome hands would say it too. Yeah. I've been had that shit. <laughs> that's uh, so good. Oh man. Oh, man. Funny, funny
0: times, man. Um, Okay, now we'll, we'll let's get back into, um, I know that you held a bunch of residencies at different clubs here in Utah, and you can correct me huh? if, I'm, if I'm wrong, but was, was the first place I saw you at was Green Street. Was that the first residency you had?
1: Uh, yeah, it was actually.
0: Okay, okay. And then um, I, I think, and I could be wrong here as well, but I think uh, Hotel Elevate was probably your longest tenured um, residency, is that right?
1: Yeah, I think between I think between there and, and Green Street, they were they were pretty pretty even, like five, six years some each, somewhere like there. So yeah,
0: that is yeah. That's, that's crazy. That the longevity to be at, you know, a single location for more I mean, even more than a year for a lot of people is pretty difficult. So yeah, um, that that's and then it probably goes back, like I said, to you learning how to talk to people, dealing with those assholes in New York, <laughs> but just getting everything correct and being in the game so long, you were looked at as uh you know a professional in what you do. Where, um, you know, not to take shots at anybody, but not everyone out here is focused on what they're doing in the DJ game like like you are and were. So, um, that that's pretty cool. What what right <laughs> Thanks, right man. yeah right now I know obviously with COVID things have changed, but um. Once that comes back around, where where do you plan on DJing? Well,
1: we've been um, we've been DJing. I mean, out here, the bars and restaurants and um, nightclubs have been open since May. Mm.
0: Uh.
1: So we've been. <clears throat> luckily, we've only had about two months off, where you know, off, off, where right. they, they were shut down before they you know started reopening and letting you know have letting the bars and restaurants have the 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 covid restrictions, so thank God we haven't i mean the only thing that's really impacted us is is the um uh as far as the djing goes is just the lower capacity right uh as the clubs go um so you're just having to you know and having to deal with you know the not as packed clubs right yeah. now which kind of sucks uh, but you know I'd rather ha- have that and have a slow process for them and then or f- rather them <laughs> do that than just like have us be like Texas and Florida and just exactly, like, you know that's i mean as much as I want to be back to normal it just doesn't make sense right now you know yeah
0: yeah hopefully everyone can you know handle their shit either you know do whatever you got to do but you know if you get vaccinated i I would say do it, you know, for that's my personal opinion. I got it. And yeah. I, I was sick as shit after I got my vaccine, but, uh, mm. for a day, but you know, it's just something that hopefully more people do than don't. And then we can just try to move on and get back to normal. Cause, um, you know, I think I had said on a previous podcast, I, I would come out and see you before my son was born quite a bit. And then once COVID hit, I was like, fuck, what if we never go back to normal and I don't get to go out and like, just see these random people that I want to see like either DJ or a show, you know? So hopefully we can get back to it. Um, but uh, you know, time will tell people are, are in their own uh, mindsets for sure. So, um, all right. We touched a little bit on some of the residencies, but, um, one thing that I, I really want to talk about, uh, and I think this is a good, uh, good point to do that, uh, is about becoming a heavy hitter. Um, and for, for you know people who listen to this podcast who aren't aware of what a heavy hitter DJ is, I mean, if you're a, a hip hop DJ, to me, that's what you aspire to be. You aspire to be associated with uh, heavy hitters. They're the top DJ crew in the world. Uh, best DJs from the United States, internationally. They also have, you know, radio personalities. There's some artists as well. Um, but if if you could just enlighten me, walk me through what it was like to find out you were going to be a heavy hitter. What what was that like?
1: Um. Well, well, first they they, they asked me if I wanted to be to be a heavy hitter, and if, you know, and Jesus. um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, um, I was like. I was like yeah I was like me and <laughs> and, and uh and he was like yeah man cuz I you know I I uh, we talking about the hotel elevate days I, I was the entertainment director over there so they they pretty much gave they gave me the, the 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 keys you know to the entertainment over there and we're like just uh you know we trust you you know we trust you to that you're going to bring in the DJs who are going to you know do, do do to you know fucking kill it so right they, uh, I, I, so I, I started booking, you know, Camilo, enough, yeah, um, Felly, fell, Green Lantern, Eddie, Eddie one, yeah, a Green Lantern drama, yep. you know, but I mean, as far as heavy hitters, mm-hmm, I was, mm. I was, I was booking them because, uh, you know, they're they can't kill it, you know, in the yeah. pub. So and and really, when when they when they hired me to do it, I wanted to book DJs that I knew people knew knew. You know, yeah. like I I knew, you know. People know enough. People know Green Lantern. People know the Beat Junkies. They know DJ Drama, Neil Armstrong. You know, they they know them from, you know, and not in, and there's a lot of DJs who you know are are good. You know, they're good mm-hmm. club DJs, uh, but you know maybe the crowd doesn't know them, doesn't right. know who they are. Uh, you know, and obviously again, this is ten years ago, so you know some of these DJs obviously have have grown you know, th- their, their name and brand. But at that time I want, you know, I, I didn't want to, and I also in this small market, I didn't want to book DJs who were already being booked at other clubs, which was started to be a thing. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like, like you would see a DJ at one club monkey see monkey do. And then yep. the other, and then the other club books them. And it's just like, bro, well, if you see that, if that DJ is working, like book somebody else that's like him. You don't exactly. have to book this thing, you know, and then, and then it's like this DJ and then, and then this DJ, and then like, you know, and then the DJ is like, yo, I'm playing at this spot on Friday. Do you think that you can book me on Saturday? And I'm just like, well, that spot's like walking distance around the corner in a yeah. small ass market. Like, <laughs>
0: yeah. I don't want to become oversaturated here. Yeah, yeah. I
1: don't want to be- become, you know, like, you know, like it's, it's less of a value now because you were already here and you know, And I I don't know, just, so I just, I just booked people that, you know, for, for the years that I was involved with the clubs before I started booking, I just booked them, um, the DJ that never came here, you know, which was all of those uh, drama was here one time, but like Mm -hmm. Green Lantern, all those other guys, they just, you know, or maybe they were here, they were, it was a few and far between that they were here. And I just tried to do cool shit, you know, like you know, book a couple of the beat junkies or book a couple of the executioners or book, you know, Spin Bad and Revolution together or book Evidence and Revolution together. Just like doing random shit that's just like not really in the norm and um, really just, I don't know, just uh, it's like why do the same shit that everybody else is doing, especially if somebody's giving you the keys to like, you know, to change it. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That yeah. was, I remember when you started bringing DJs and, and then at, at, at the beginning of it, I didn't know it was you, you know, that was actually booking these things. But I just kept mm-hmm. thinking like, holy shit, the hotel is bringing some really good fucking DJs De- and like DJs that DJs want to see, you know? Right. So you know that they, I mean, they have a following of normal fans, but these are DJs that like a DJ would come out at least for me anyways, guys that I loved listening no, to 100%, and guys that's that in- inspired I me. Cause yeah. I wanted
1: to see, I wanted to see them. I, was, yeah. <laughs> I wanted to see them, you know, I, 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 I there was never a DJ I, I booked because you know, like, like I didn't want to see. Right. You know, yeah. I, 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 I definitely, I definitely tried to stay away from like DJs that were just like, like, and I don't mean any offense to any DJs that are in Vegas, but just like, like DJs that are just, just Vegas DJs, you know, it's like, Oh, it's just like, Oh, well he DJs at these five places. It's not because, you know, like for instance, like Green Lantern doesn't DJ at any of those places. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like he's Green Lantern is who he is. And people know him because who he is. It's like, I don't have to book a DJ and then put all 14 of their residencies on there. So hopefully somebody (laughs) will recognize And that's what it is. You know, these cats, You know, and Hey, I'm not hating. I never hate on anybody's hustle. It's just, I just don't do it. I'm just not booking these guys. And then on the flyer putting, you know, 44 fucking (laughs) (laughs) residencies, hotels, casinos to, to, to to try, to try to brand associate, you know, like, I I keep you, I keep using Green Lantern's name over and over again because like, when he DJed for Jay-Z, Eminem, Nas, yep. fucking Gr- Griselda, all these places, like, he didn't use any of those as a selling point. He's mm-hmm. always been the evil genius Greenland. Like, yep. if somebody books him for an after party, okay, cool, you know, whatever, you know, J- and Nas' is DJ or whatever, or whoever's DJ he was. But, like, when, whenever I booked him, I never booked him as Nas' DJ or Jay-Z's DJ or whoever's DJ he was at the time. He's always been, I knew him, And everyone knew him for the most part, you know, before he was somebody's DJ. That's why he became, that's why he became somebody's DJ, you know? So yeah, I I never, I never, I always booked, I always booked people that I knew people wanted to see. Yeah. Like straight up, Bobito, fucking Beat Miners. Like that's just like hip hop shit. Like I just always booked like cats that I knew hip hop heads wanted to see. Like I wanted to see, I mean, trust me, there were plenty of times where I lo- almost lost my job because a lot of those hip hop, hip hop ones, this is obviously pre, <laughs> this is pre-internet. So they, there was a couple of them that really flopped, you know okay, what I mean? Yeah. And, and, the, and the owner had to like sit me down and be like, Hey man, like we took a big fucking hit last night, you know, yeah. like if you're going to make these decisions, these expensive decisions, you got to make sure that they work because we can't keep taking these losses. Right. And then, then from there, I kind of like had to like start, Reevaluating and making sure that you know i didn't put my job in jeopardy for hip-hop
0: yeah yeah (laughs) you gotta work both sides of the fence yeah yeah (laughs) yeah
1: so then i started realizing you know okay well some of these acts you know we we may want to see but on the business end they may not pull anybody in so
0: man when you brought green lantern that first time you had um you knew that I was a Green Lantern fan, and you had messaged me. I think it was Facebook, early Facebook or late MySpace. But you were like, "Hey, Green Lantern, uh, your boy Green Lantern's coming," and I was like, "I'm fucking there." And you you gave me like a t- 10 second intro and said, and just to introduce me. And he shook my hand, and I was like, "Fuck," because that was that guy was the reason I wanted to make mixtapes because yeah, he did it. And yeah. uh, so thank you for that. I don't know if I ever told you or not, but that was one of the oh, coolest, man. coolest nights just meeting him. And, and he was so chill. And then he got on the tables and I was like, Oh shit. It was, yeah. uh, that, that was a fun, that was a fun, uh, fun show. So that's cool, man. I, I, um, I didn't know that you had done that much with hotel as far as booking. So um, yeah, just, just expanding your portfolio really of what you can do as a, I mean, not just a DJ, that's the thing you, you see DJ Juggy, but you're, you're multifaceted, if you will. I guess. Hey, thanks.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, you gotta wear multiple hats. I guess. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so when, so enough. I'm assu- so they reach out to you to. Oh
1: uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, no, so, yeah, no, no. Like, this is
0: great. I love all this back. Uh, like we could go on for hours.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So yeah, so I, I booked them. You know, booked them a couple of times. Uh, I bu- we used to book Camilo a lot. Yeah. Like everybody everybody i mean and and this is just everywhere camillo is just a great dj in general club dj the energy the things he says on the mic um there's definitely one or two things that i've definitely picked up from him that i've added to my repertoire Mm. um you know just influence man he just he just like i've he's really the one of the only dudes um that um they were always like the owners were like bring back camillo bring back camillo bring back camillo bring back camillo, bring back camillo, bring back camillo. Yeah. you know they they always were always 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 encouraging me to cons because we were always like first time ever in utah for yeah. maybe it was maybe it was the first time in salt lake because maybe they played during sundance or something so we yeah. were they so they were they were constantly like yo let's book somebody else. let's i'm just like bro We've booked everybody else that's <laughs> never played here. That's good. Like, you know, like, yeah. so, I mean, there's probably a, a grocery list of artists and of, of DJs that we've brought out, you know, at the hotel during that, mm. what I like to call the golden years that, you know, that we, you know, Fat Man Scoop, Clinton yeah. Sparks. Um, I mean, I, 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 like I said, uh, Mick Boogie, uh, Neil Armstrong. Um, Rock Raider, rest in peace. Uh, we were the first ones ever and the only ones ever to have Spin Bad and Revolution together mm. twice. Um, I mean, just, ah, fuck, man. Um, re- was, revolution. Yeah, it revolution. was a crazy time. Yeah, it was, dude. It really was. Z Trip. Uh, man, I mean, there's so, there's so many that there's so many over the, the course of the, that six years that, that we brought out that were first time ever in Tony touch, of course. Yep. Um, man, there's, 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 there's a, there's a lot, man. There's really, there's really just so many. It's, it was a great time, man, to that, uh, you know, that, that time of music too, it was it was like right before like a lot of the new like trends came out. Yeah. So, the music in the clubs at that time were different too. Like, you know, the obviously 15 years ago, the throwbacks were different, you know, like, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's a, that, that's a whole other podcast, you know, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I agree. Uh, it, it, I'm the hardest
1: thing. I still haven't answered the question yet. Cause we keep branching off. No, no, it's about a- other things.
0: Yeah, go ahead. So, okay, so enough <laughs> enough hit you up. Is it enough? I'm assuming. Oh, ca- Camillo, Camillo,
1: Camillo, Camillo, um, Camillo reaches out. Camillo, because Camillo, I had brought Camillo a bunch of times out here. Okay. Um, and the other DJs too, Eddie, one, Felly, fell, and I had not a matter of fact, I hadn't hadn't brought enough out yet. Um, and Camillo kept telling, uh, you know, every time they would bring up something for like in the meetings, you know, for bringing new DJs, and he was like. Um, we got to get this dude. You know, he's in Salt Lake. He's in a smaller market. Yeah, uh, but he's doing it out there. I've been out there a bunch of times, and then and then as soon as he said it, a uh, felly fell co-signed for me, and then Eddie yeah. one co- and then Eddie one co-signed for me, and it was just like, you know, like. Two, 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 three, two or three of the, the big bosses, you know, right. co-signing you to get into the family. So like it was it was it was crazy, man. Like when when he when Camillo told me that, he was like, Yeah, man, once I brought your name up, Eddie One and Felly Fell were just right there with the pen, ready to co-sign for you. I was just like, fuck, man. That is I didn't I didn't yeah. ask, I didn't ask for that, but yeah. Okay. So and yeah. then so he was like, Well, what, what if uh what if we asked you to be in heavy hitters? How how would you feel about it? I was just like, Well, what the fuck do you think? You know? <laughs> yeah. So and he's like, Well shit, man, I gotta make sure, you know, because I don't wanna put you in. And then you'd be like, No, we gotta make yeah. sure, you know. And I was just like, Man, I never even thought in a million years you guys would even consider me, you know. I just I never it just it never really even crossed my mind. It never Yeah. And never, like, and then,
0: like 96, 97. Hey, you want to sign with the Chicago bulls? Ugh. Yeah. Fuck. I, I don't know. know. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. It just, it just never, it, I just, it just never <laughs> crossed my mind. And then, uh, and then, and then it, and then he was like, well, I brought your name up in the meeting and, and Felly fell and Eddie one co-signed for you. And, you know, and, and literally he said, once those guys co-signed for you, everybody was like, we don't really know this. Nobody really knows this dude. But if you guys are co-signing for him, then he, then we're down. Damn. So like b- basically 50 other DJs who didn't never heard of me or didn't even know I existed on earth. Um, you know, they just, they were like, well, fuck, man. We we, we respect these three bosses. And if, yeah. they, if these guys, if these guys say that this guy's legit then we got to rock with them, you know, so kind of like a no questions asked thing on the, for the rest of the crew, you know? Yeah. Sometimes in the, you know, not to like, you know, like let you in on the family thing. But, you know, when we have these meetings about DJs, you know, sometimes a DJ is brought up and another DJ yeah. is like, nah, fam, he ain't it. And <laughs> it's like, if, if that's it, then it's like, OK, then that's all it that really matters. It's like, you "No, know, if it's if one person ain't fucking with this dude, then that's not family. That's yeah. not how family goes, and um, so luckily for me, there I didn't, I wasn't in that situation. <laughs> as actually the complete opposite. Nobody knew who the fuck I was out here in <laughs> City.
0: So. No, but really, like, no, but with other, those other, with uh, those three guys saying yes, like, right. there's no question.
1: Yeah, right. And 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 like I said, that that was early. That was that was my that was like early MySpace days. So yeah, you know, like really to really have a name out there, you had to be. Like on like a big radio station, or or you were like a huge mixtape DJ, Mm -hmm. or you were DJing for an artist or something like some way for you name for your name to be like in physical publications or on television because there wasn't internet back then. It was very very few. Like I said, MySpace. So it was, it was, it was. There wasn't like. Oh, you know, like someone can just, you know, like go to my Instagram and scroll down and see, you know, the last almost 10 years that I've been fucking working everything exactly. that's up there and then be like, oh, okay, shit. Wow, this guy. Okay. You know, this is like, they basically had to take their word for it, you know, just because yeah. there wasn't really anything to like, I will right, well, let me, who, how can I see this guy? Oh, go check his MySpace page, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. so
0: Man, that's crazy. It, it, it just goes to show all the work that you had put in. Um, I mean, it all, it all paid off and it all, um, I mean, they were right about you, right? Even though those other guys hadn't heard about you, um, the three that did were like, yeah, absolutely. He has to fucking, you, we have to have him. And that's right. man. I, I mean, and, and like you said, you, you know, you gave me some inside, what do they say? Inside baseball talk Yeah. where, uh, you know, you might, they might bring a DJ up and they say no. And, um, that's why it's such a, Again, it's such an elite group of DJs. Like to be named one, it's just yeah.
1: actually a, a couple of them heard about me because I did do um, I did do an, a a national mixtape, the cornerstone. It's it's, it's a oh, yeah. mixtape series called the Cornerstone mixtape, and it's pretty much just it's it, that that CD and that was a physical CD at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it, you recorded. I did one. I did I, that one. I did was with. I did one early i remember what year it was and then i uh was put out and it's it's sent to all industry heads all label execs uh okay. dj's uh radio personalities athletes just like straight this it's a, it's a mailing list only uh thing you had to be on a mailing list for this promotions and marketing company to get one mm-hmm. and it was like i said this this mixtape was every month was either dj premier big tiga one of the beat junkies, one of the, right. one, of the, one of the executioners, one of the heavy hitters, somebody from POW 106, somebody from Hot 97, somebody from, you know, wherever, 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 yeah. wherever. You know, it was all people who had made names. Like, they didn't even let me do one until, like, five years down the road associated with the company, like, straight up. Like, I just yeah. didn't have, I just didn't have a big enough name for them to, like, waste quote unquote waste like a volume on me you know what i mean like straight up like i i had to like pay dues like do mixtapes send them mixtapes send them my shit go to new york visit the office you know politic politic finally finally they let me do one of the fucking mixtapes you know and then that's how a couple of the dudes had they had heard about me because when i when we had the first heavy hitters conference i went to um that was brought up. was like oh yeah when your name was brought up, everyone was like, Utah, half the motherfuckers didn't even know where Utah was. (laughs) Your name was brought up and then it kind of like rung some bells, like, you know, like the cats that really fuck with those mixtapes, you know? So, and like those dudes were like the dudes that were on the mixtapes, like Craig G, Chubby Chubb, um, Lonnie B, like these, and these are all like legendary dudes too like Chubby Chubb Chubby Chubb was the fucking DJ for Original Flavor he was the Mm. Jay-Z's first group who he's in Heavy Hitters now he was the first dude ever to have Jay-Z on a mixtape damn yeah so so when I when those dudes told me that they had heard about me because of the mixtape I was like oh shit man fuck I've been like listening to you guys fucking mixtapes forever yeah dude like so do, yeah, do you ever,
0: I mean, I mean, this is not to say you haven't worked your ass off, but do you ever sometimes just like, just like pinch yourself and be like, I'm fucking talking to, or, or you know, I'm associated with these guys that, you know, I looked up to at some
1: point. Do you ever all think the, about all that? The to- all the time. Okay. All the time.
0: Yeah. Cause all that, the time that would be, I mean, that would be crazy. Just. Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to say it. It would just be surreal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it it is, man. And, uh, I think that's just, it's, it's just, it's just a very, it's just an odd feeling, man. Um, uh, yeah, man. It's just, I mean, you working with these guys, you know, is cool, you know, of course, uh, you know, and and not, and this isn't a knock on anybody, but you Mm -hmm. know, when you're trying, when you're trying to put money in somebody's pocket, you know, they're, you know, of course, you know, a lot of times there are people are really easy to work with, you know, right. And yep. but, uh, you know, since I've gone away from that, uh, for the most part, I mean, I still do booking here and there and, and help out clubs and do, do things here and there, but just not, um, a hundred percent. Like I was doing some years ago yeah. uh, when cause some, some cats, you know, when, you know, when you built that relationship with them, it's just that relationship. If there is sure. no money involved, you know, that's just, they just, that's fine you know, but a lot of these guys I've built with over the years. Um, and it's, it's become more than that, you know, and that's really a really dope thing. Cause a lot of these guys, um, you know, I look up to, and I looked up to before I had their phone numbers, you know, and before, yeah. um, you know, I was on a level, uh, 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 I don't, I don't even know if I'm on a level enough, but, uh, you know, before, you know i was in a place to be able to ask these guys to dj for me on twitch you right. know, like yeah so
0: well going back to your your belt driven turntable like you know <laughs> before you were on a level even to have your techniques right. or or whatever you know like it's such a it's such a process but it's it's so cool to see i mean that's why i like doing some of these interviews whether it be with djs or musicians or athletes or whatever it is like because there's always an origin story but like the one thing remains the same across every, every interview I've done so far. It's that you guys have just worked your ass off, (laughs) yeah. you know, and you've never lost focus. So that's, um, man, it's crazy. All right, let's get back into, uh, into, into more of your career. So I know that you and brisk were, uh, prior pandemic were (laughs) DJing for the bees. Is that still something that you guys will be doing afterwards?
1: Uh, resume? yeah, I mean, the, the, I, I mean, everything's kind of still up in the air right now, yeah. uh, as far as all that stuff goes. Um, okay. It's just kind of time time will tell, you yeah. know. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I really don't know what they're gonna do because before in the press box in this in this small, you know, I don't even know how big of the you know how big of it is how big or small it is. Yeah. Um, there there was you know me, Brisk, Jeff. You know, so there's like 10 of us in this room so yeah you know i i don't i don't know what 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 they're gonna do i really don't know i really yeah. don't know i i want i mean um i i don't i don't know i don't know what they're gonna do i mean they canceled the whole year last year right they are back they are back this year every you know so i just okay. i don't know i mean
0: yeah what so that had to be a really <clears throat> just a fun experience because I know you're a baseball fan. So yeah. Being able to do that, being at the park, playing the music. Um, I, I want to talk a bit about um your time as the the DJ for the jazz. So yeah. DJing get jazz games. I think you started doing that in like 2016. Is that right?
1: Yeah, it was a, it was the 2016, 2017 season. Yeah. I think okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. How
0: how did that come about?
1: Uh shit well um it what it really came from was 10 years prior to that uh darren williams trying to get me to be the team dj at that time um and you know of course in utah it was that that was you know a taboo such a taboo idea Oh, they just uh, play jock
0: jams every time out it, it, no, actually, <laughs> actually
1: it was it was a, it was a lot worse than that and i'll and i'll and i'll get and i'll get to that and i'll get to that in a second but um so at that time 2006 2007 somewhere around there the the idea and the and the uh the, co- the coming of the national uh, basketball association DJs became a, was starting to become a thing. Mm. Um, Irie in Miami. Yeah. Mick Boogie in Cleveland. Um, beds in Denver were the first three. Mm. I don't remember who was the very first one, but those were the first three. Okay. Um. And, uh, and I just thought that was the fucking most badass thing oh, it, it, wow. that it's just like, you're DJing the sporting event. Yeah. Like, Amazing. so <laughs> that, so yeah, so that was, so that had become a thing for me. Like, I want to do that. Yeah. You know, that's two birds with one stone for me. Like my two number one, I mean, that, that's almost like DJing a wrestling event, you know? Oh yeah. And, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's pretty much the same yeah. thing. Uh, so uh, Darren and I had were w- started getting close. I guess you could say because he's he he and that whole crew. They all started coming out to hotel mm-hmm. when I started DJing there. Him, CJ, Ronnie, Paul, um, Fez, yeah. the whole squad. Sun, S- S- Sundia Watson, like that whole squad. They all would come out every Friday and Saturday when I DJed there. Yeah. So so. And, and, and Darren and I, we just, you know, built up a friendship over the years. And then he started having me like DJing. He has a big Halloween party every year, like crazy Halloween party. Like if you're Mm -hmm. not dressed up, if you're not dressed up, like you don't even get let in the door. Like he literally turns away a couple every single year because like, they think, oh, it's okay. It's like, oh, you didn't come dressed up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it's like, like when, like when he hired me, he was like, make sure you wear a costume. I was like, bro, I don't dress up on, I was that guy, I was that yeah. guy, I was like, I was like, bro, I don't dress up on Halloween or for, or for anything, and he just like, yeah, he was wearing sunglasses, and he like, like, did the whole, like, tilted the glasses down, yeah. and he was like, he was like, bro, you gotta wear a costume, or I'm gonna have to get another DJ, you know what I mean, like, and I was like, all right, all right, all right, and I, and I wore the shittiest costume, bro, I wore a bathrobe, a Yankees hat, and a, uh, and in a, a gold rope, and I was Ghostface. There you go. I, you know what I mean? Just on some like, I'm not gonna. All right, if you want me to wear a costume, then I'll wear this. You know, yeah. like I was that I was that guy on Halloween, but I'm I'm different now. I'll dress up, wear makeup, and fucking do all that shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's where that's where it came from. Was from him. He was pushing and pushing and pushing every year. The music. He would. Dude, he was telling the execs like the music sucks. Yeah, the music sucks. Like, there's like we how how like they would put pl- they would play Britney Spears and shit like during the warmups. <laughs> yeah, during the warmups, bro. Like, like, and um, no player wants to hear that. One. Yeah, dude. Like, <laughs> so like they were like they were actually like at that time the the butt of the league because the music was so bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that amongst the players in the league, like you you know, yeah, like it was so bad when they came there. Like the players on the, opposite te- te- on the opposite team thought it was like a defense mechanism to throw the players like, it's like, yo, are y'all doing this to like fuck with us? And Darren's like, no, like this, <laughs> this is the fucking music they play here. Like, you know what I mean? Like that type, uh, that type shit. Yeah. So just t- 10 years, 10 years, you know, through the, through the years, through the years, different regimes, people, Oh, you, this person's not in charge. And then, so finally, like it kind of like went away. Yeah. It went away. And then, I don't know, 2014, 15, somewhere it, it, it came up again. Mm. I don't know. I don't know how. Oh, you know, Zane. Zane Miller. Okay. I saw Zane somewhere. Actually, Louis Vito and I went to a game and sat in Zane's seat. Okay. And that's, that's how it came about. That's exactly how it came about. We sat in Zane, Louis Vito. I'm dropping all types of names right now. <laughs> Louis Vito and I, we went to a Clippers game. I have to I have. I'll never forget. We went to a Clippers game when when uh, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin mm. were on the team, and uh, we went to the Clippers game. And then after the game, we we met Zane. And it met up with them in the whole thing. And then I kind of like pitched it to him and was like, well, what's up? You know, obviously Darren's not here anymore. And he was on the forefront of trying to get it done. So he was like, all right, let me see who's in charge of what, let me see. And then he, he put me in contact with somebody who put me in contact with somebody who never returned my call who then put (laughs) me in contact with somebody else's cousin who didn't return my call. And then, like literally a whole, Jesus. I was just like, yeah, dude, it was just like, <clears throat> it was, so, it was so bad that I just like, I hate to say it, but I gave up, you know yeah. what I mean? And then finally, like after I put in like 10 years, given up somebody like fucking called me and was like, Hey, I'm so-and-so from the Utah jazz, blah, 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 blah. and was just like, really? Yeah. Really? <laughs> So then and then it then it went on for like two more seasons of like meetings, talking, music, this, that, music theories, like bro, you wouldn't believe wow. some of the meetings. But yeah, bro. It was it was so it was, you know, I mean, look, you know, look at their target audience and look at what they were yep. trying to do, you know. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of politics involved as far as that went, but we finally made it happen and then um yeah. So that's kind of where it stemmed from. It really came from the 2016 season. It stemmed from 10 years prior to that. So kids don't give up, don't give up your dreams. I did, but it seemed like for the (laughs) 10 years, it kind of, it kind of still steamrolled, you know, all the calls and emails and everything. They kind of, when I gave up those calls and emails were still working on its own and they just ended up, you know, coming back to me. So yeah, man, let me be a, somewhat of an example to you guys keep pushing and pushing and pushing you know
0: damn that is dope i I still remember like you know nba twitter would be like man what happened the the utah jazz are playing good music at a game at a playoff game like yeah and and you had michael rapaport being like what the fuck is going
1: on they're Mm -hmm. playing
0: great music and that was just like that had to feel good to you. You know what I
1: mean? Oh man. He mentioned, he mentioned that my name specifically. Yeah. Yeah. A, a couple of different times. Yeah. And then what's the other guy's name? I'm going to mess it up. I'm going to mess it up. You can correct me cause you're going to know it. Boomami Jones. Oh, uh, um, Omani. Yeah. Boomami. Well, yeah. He, I guess he, he had mentioned me on his podcast too. Yeah. Um, so wow. yeah, man, I, I was, I was, I was, uh, that was funny. One of the times Michael Rappaport was at the game, he was here filming the episode with Doc Rivers. He was here for Sundance, okay, and I and I was at the game, and he was live tweeting the game. Like, uh, I can't believe I'm hearing what I'm hearing at this yeah. Utah Jazz game, you know? Like, and then that's that's how I met Golden State Warriors DJ d sharp was th- through michael rapaport's tweets because he kept <laughs> he kept like putting us in a battle together he was like yo the utah jazz is killing it but d sharp's the first one to really do... oh, I was like, you know like you know it's like oh good no d sharp's the fucking man man he's yeah, he's, yeah. i don't know you he's a really he's he's a real skillful dj yeah man yeah. a lot of respect for d sharp but yeah so so that that was that and yeah. That was, that was a, that was a fun time, but I, yeah, I mean, I still, I still get tweeted from the fans and the the jazz still play the music that I curated for them. Uh, so I, pe- people still think I DJ the games.
0: Yeah. Do, do you think there's a chance to go back ever? Or, or, I mean, I guess you, you know what I do uh,
1: Yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. They have, when I left, they had an, they have, they, 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 after the 2016, 17 season, they rebuilt it. The, they rebuilt the arena. Yeah. And then there then they like there wasn't like a spot spot for Mm -hmm. me. So they kind of like did away with the DJ for like two more years. And then they had like a different regime Mm. of people come in, um, of management, for what I understand, doing that. And now they have a new guy who does the in-game stuff, but he doesn't do what I did before. He just does like the pregame. He doesn't have like a like a, like two parts in the game. Yeah. You know, June, he's a good kid. No, I know them, I know him. he's a good kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, he's just, uh, I think with the different regime, they're just on some, some whole other shit because the guy who was, who hired me, uh, came from Nike and, um, gotcha. he was, he was full, he was full fledged. Like, nah, like he needs to have a part in the game like the Golden State Warriors DJ, like the so-and-so DJ. Mm -hmm. Like, why are we going to have a DJ and not, you know, like put them up and do this and do that? So shout out to my man, Nate Randall. Nate, motherfucking dog, pardon my language. Um, (laughs) Good dude. Um, And really a lot of the stuff that you're seeing now from the Utah Jazz as far as marketing, commercials, funny the guys being funny the guys yeah. being edgy that comes from him mm-hmm. that comes from him straight up Nate Randall that's that he's a genius man he's a marketing genius and uh yeah i i don't i can't say enough n- about that guy it was if really if it wasn't for him uh i would have never dj'd for the utah jazz i would have never there would never be a dj for the utah jazz now i don't even know if june knows nate but Mm. Uh, he really has Nate to thank, you know, for this, because Nate was the one pushing this and pushing and it really started off, uh, me doing the media day. Okay. Me doing the media day before the jazz thing, because Nate was like, you know, you bringing these guys in at eight o'clock in the morning on their day off. They don't want to fucking take pictures. You <laughs> guys, you know <laughs> what I mean? There's no music for them here. There's nothing, yeah. there's nothing there's for them to get excited about. You know, flashing lights. You guys telling them all types of stuff. So, so he was like, "Let's have this DJ, have the music that the guys want." And trust me, we're gonna. You guys will have the best media day pictures you've ever had in this in in this in this franchise. And sure enough, dude, uh, he was a hundred thousand percent right. I was DJing. The guys were dancing, having a great time, doing all types of pictures, and they got they got pictures with players doing things that they couldn't get the places like the photographer was like man I couldn't get so-and-so to even smile last year you know what I mean like so then that was you know that's when I started doing the media days after that too and so yeah man all praises due to Nate Nate dog Randall the regulator
0: yeah man shout out to Nate because that I mean he brought the the whole jazz um vibe into current times because it was so far behind and that, you know, and, and he, potentially that's something that probably in, in a way, his work bringing you and, and, other things like that could have potentially helped getting the all-star game here in 2023. So, I mean, yeah, it could have, you know,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he, and, uh, he, yeah, I mean, I can't really, I can't, I can't say enough about Nate, man. Yeah. He, uh, he, uh, he was really, he, he's, he's really the man.
0: That's dope. That's dope. All right, well let's move into uh to your work in radio. So I know, you know, you had a stint with U92, uh the radio station. Two here. of them. Two, two of, of them. them. Two of them. My bad. My bad. <laughs> uh and you know, you had that Monday uh Monday night mixtape show which was Yeah. my favorite segment. Um, or my favorite I don't know if you would call it a that segment. That was the
1: great That was the show. greatest show in U92 history. <laughs> there you
0: go. And I know you had Straight a Straight up. No, I I if, I, if, I agree anybody, the music
1: if anybody, if anybody says anything different, man. they are doing the that, ring that, at WrestleMania. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're, it's, just, <laughs> it's just, it's just bottom line. If anybody, anybody, if anybody says anything different, it's just pure hate. Nobody yeah. is, nobody ever did what I did on that show for that station today, tomorrow, in the future. And then they never, nobody ever did. And they never, nobody ever will. Because a lot of those artists aren't even reachable now. I had Travis Scott on the show and it was one of his last commercial radio appearances ever. I remember the artists that
0: you would have on interviews and it was just like, I mean, it was a whole, a whole other level to bring to U 92. Yeah. And you know, I, I have my thoughts on U 92 just from the short stint that I had with them. And, and I don't know if it's more of, I mean, obviously I'm a little fish, right. But to, to, Uh uh, to see what radio was really like was kind of a letdown for me, you know, and mm-hmm. as a kid, you grow up thinking like, Oh God, I just want to get on radio and then, and then you see what it's like. And so it just wasn't for me. So
1: right. know,
0: it's, it's yeah. for some people, but, uh, but I, I, I did want to shout out your show. Cause I, I did love it. Um, what I want to talk about as far as, uh, I mean, it's still considered radio, but your the, the work that you've done with Sirius, uh, Sirius XM shade four, five, uh uh-huh. um, did that come from essentially your connection with heavy hitters?
1: Uh no. I was okay. doing Shade 45 prior to heavy hitters having a show on Shade 45. Okay. I was doing I was doing all of those shows um because I was booking those DJs. I gotcha. was booking I was booking Mugs, Static Selecta, um Tony Touch, um I was booking those guys. So, you know, those, you know, and like I said, over time, you know, you know, those guys like, oh, cool. Yeah. If you're ever in New York, hit me up, you know, get you on the show. Okay, cool. You fucking better believe I'm going to hit you up. (laughs) And sure enough, (laughs) I'll come to New York, you know, or L.A., you know, and I'll hit up mugs and be like, hey, what's up, man? I'm coming. You know, can I get a all? Can I get a slot on the show? It's like, Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. You know, like there's been plenty of times where, you know, and again, kids, if you're listening to this shit, closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah, they do not. There have been plenty of times and I mean plenty more times than I could account where I asked them if I could just do a set on the show. And I did the whole fucking show. Wow. I'll never forget the time I did the whole entire soul assassin show where I just thought I was going to do 30 minutes. Damn. So I got there and Ern was like, yo, just set it off. Um, Mugs is in the back. Um, he'll be, he'll be here to, you know, to, he'll, he'll be here in, in a second and then we'll switch. Yeah. Okay, cool. No problem. 30 minutes goes by 40 minutes goes by getting close to an hour, <laughs> oh, you know, I'm not saying nothing, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause I'm like, like, you know, what am I going to be like? Yo, what's up? Is mugs coming or yeah. what? You know? So I'm just like, <laughs> just mixing, you know, just thinking he's going to just pop in anytime. It's his studio. It's his show. And then, you know, earn. Earn, like, gets a text, and he's just like, oh, um, Muggs is caught up. He needs you to do the whole show. Oh, and I'm man. like, okay, yeah. no yeah. problem. Okay, no problem. You know, so, and the same thing, too. Like, when I go to New York, I tell them, I'm like, yo, man, like, heavy hitters especially, I'm like, I'm doing the whole show. Before COVID, obviously. Yeah. But when I, you know, I'm just like, I'm coming out here. All these guys can come every single week. I'm doing the whole show. Like, I tell them straight up. Like, yeah. now, you know, now, I'm like, I'm doing the whole two hours. I'm doing it all. Damn. Uh, but but I would come and like, you know, I'd start DJing and Tony Touch kicks up his feet and just like keep just going, chill. little homie. Yeah, <laughs> keep going, little homie. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. I'm like, all right, all right, all right. You know, and, yeah, you know, and so yeah, so I was doing all all of those shows, um, uh, you know, with building again building the relationship with those guys that I was booking. And then, and then heavy hitters got a, a show later on. And then, so I was, it was just, yeah. uh, yeah.
0: Did that quite a bit. This, this came to mind while you were talking <clears throat> about doing that show with mugs and, and, you know, ha- and having, you know, having an air quotes to do the whole thing. But do you, do you ever have events or when you're on shade four or five or, you know, a concert, whatever it may be, um, were you nervous before? Do you still get nervous at all, ever, or is it just kind of like,
1: uh,
0: when is that feeling when, gone?
1: Yeah, yeah. When we're when we're live, uh, yeah, of course you get a little butterflies. You know, yeah. like, um, yeah, uh, of course you know, and especially like you know, like the, the complex shows or whatever, right? Because um, sometimes those shows, uh, you, you know, the, it, there's there's just house music for an hour, so you got to walk out you know, onto the stage and then they shut the lights off and then the crowd goes crazy. It's just, it's just a, the, ad- the adrenaline or, or, the, or they're doing the countdown when you're on 45. Right. Yeah. Hell yeah. My palm would get sweaty. for okay. sure. I I'm The most nervous I do get nervous, uh, radio sway in the morning. Oh my oh, God. Yeah. I'm like the fucking nerves, bats <laughs> in my stomach, not even butterflies. <laughs> um, but you know, it just, uh, it's, it's just in the beginning. And, um, and, and, and really like if, if, uh, it's human emotions, man, if you get nervous for something, that means that you really fucking care. Yeah. You know, like if you still like, if there's just like, you're getting anxious, you're getting, you know, like it means you care. It means you give a fuck, you know, like for any, for just anything, like just, you know, people. So it gives you something to think about. Like, even if you're like at a restaurant, you're like, Oh man, you've been dying to eat here. You know, you've been seeing Instagram yeah. pictures, you know, like you're anxious, like, cause you give a fuck. You care. You're excited. You know what I mean. Like, and that's that's I I, I that feeling's never gone away. It's never gone away. Um, and I think, and it's really, it's it's one of the, it's it's one of it's one of the the reasons why we do it. You know, I mean, yeah, that you know, the more the more the merrier, the bigger you know the crowds, the more energy. It's just a severely unex- unexplainable feeling, man. Like people are like, oh, I just black out when I go out there. You know, I'd be probably sound stupid for other people who have probably have never experienced such a thing, but, uh, you know, it, it really is, man. You just black out and zone out and just, uh, you know, let nature take its course, if you will.
0: And then afterwards you're just kind of like, Holy shit. Like, you know, like I've, I've, I've had moments like that DJing where I go into it and like I'm in the moment, but at the same time afterwards, I'm like, did that really just happen? Yeah. Kind of like, uh, it reminds me of Will Ferrell in uh, old school when he's doing the debate and he comes out of it and they're like, what happened to you? He's like, I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Cool, man. Well, I won't take up too much more of your time, but one thing, um, I really wanted to commend you on is that you throughout this whole pandemic, and I brought this up in a, in a prior podcast, but you've stayed so consistent. So you know, obviously people aren't going out as much as they used to. Like you had said, a lot of the clubs can't have max capacity or sometimes even, you know, half of capacity. So the one thing that I really appreciated about you um, is early, you decided to start doing your live mixes uh, on Instagram. And, you know, Instagram has a funny way of doing shit with their live <laughs> with their live yeah. feed and music and copyright. So you had made the switch over to Twitch and I had never even been on Twitch. So once you decided to do that, I jumped on there. And it opened up a whole new fucking world for me just to see i mean i I had had the chance to to see Camillo and see a few other guys on Instagram, but twitch is a whole other thing they could de- you know you guys can d j on there for three, four, five hours as long as you want you know your your birthday party where you had the fucking bet I, I think I told you the only guy that you needed on there to check off my list would be like jazzy jeff
1: (laughs) but every everyone else there were there were a couple people who i who i couldn't get on there that just uh the the timing and the 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 days didn't work out but uh i'm not gonna say who they were (laughs) Uh,
0: it it was amazing it was amazing though like and and so twit you know you move over to twitch and and you stay super consistent with that like you're doing a show damn near every day um Every Saturday morning, I listen to you. I wake up early with my son on son on Saturdays because he's three years old and he fucking wakes up early. <laughs> so me and my wife switch off the weekend days uh, to wake up with him. But I'll just play your mix, and then we hang out. We play me and him play. You know, eat breakfast, whatever. And it's just so right. I wanted to I wanted to commend you on staying so consistent with that.
1: Um, Thanks, man. Appreciate yeah. it.
0: And and then also uh, putting putting on shows for the local hip hop scene with your, your slap Lake city series. Yes. Um, because that's been very consistent too. And in the, so you have the mixes that you put out and then you have the shows, which is, uh, which is great. And, and, and really good for someone like yourself uh, in the position you're in being the DJ you are and what you've done again, being a heavy hitter, you're on Sirius XM to actually uh, give back to salt Lake city and the artists, in the hip hop scene. It's just, it's really dope. So, um, commend you for that as well. Uh, Thanks, man. The, the last, uh, I guess kind of more deep question before I get into these quick hitters, um, is, you know, how has this last year changed the way you look
1: uh, at DJing as a whole
0: this um, last year in the
1: pandemic? <laughs> uh, DJing as a whole, uh, just, man, uh, nothing. I mean, it just really taught, taught us that, you know, we all got comfortable. Everybody got comfortable, uh, yeah. a, as far as DJs who, and this isn't a bad thing because none of us ex- ever expected that this would happen. You know, yeah. it like, just comes with the territory when you're doing well for yourself, whether you're a DJ, a chiropractor, um, whatever it is that you do for your, for a living, uh, when, when you do it well for yourself, that's the idea is to live comfortably. Right. You yeah. know, so, um, none of us expected this to happen. And I think it just really put everything into perspective. Like, um, don't get comfortable. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Like anything. I, I mean, I, I always, you know, being in this industry for so long, um, I, I, I'm fully aware that, uh, nothing lasts forever. Um, relationships, friendships, businesses, sure. um, they don't last forever um and that you always got to be prepared for what's next but with this happening um we you know 2019 2018 19 was just like such a fucking banner banner years as mm-hmm. far as uh music live music clubs absolutely um, yeah uh traveling <clears throat> DJs um you know, even those years, those last two years before the pandemic, I really started getting my licks in. You know, paying dues and 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 getting booked in places outside of my market. So, um, you know, yeah, it was. I think you know, it was it was just really hard. It was really hard for all of us to just be like, you know, for some people, uh, if they weren't affected one bit. You right. know, whatever it is, some you know, w- w- you know, some people's livelihood wasn't affected at all. Um, and so I think it was just really hard for a lot of us. Like it was, we were, it was such a confusing time. And I think really one thing that I learned, you know, that just never, never get too, too comfortable. You know, I guess you got to, you know, enjoy, enjoy the the fruits of your labor, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, and I definitely try to as much as I possibly can. Um, but yeah, I just, uh, just, put it just a new perspective like just you know like i don't know we n- i've never been in a situation like this before ever yeah you know yeah. like i don't i don't you know my parents haven't my parents parents haven't you know so it, it's just like fuck man who, who do you who do you even fall back on to talk to like, right Nobody, know who do you talk to about this who can you talk to fellow djs like we don't know we don't know what's gonna happen we don't know what's popping you know like yeah is there going to be a future for us? Do we need to do we do we need to try to and find a another job or a career? There was just so much to process, man. that first that and, it, and we're in, inside the time of recording this podcast, we're on the one year anniversary that that happened. Yeah um it would have been yesterday, Monday, yesterday that um that they announced that it was the official shutdown. Sunday. There was the rumors, oh, that it's gonna happen Monday. And then on Monday they announced it and we're like starting tonight at 10 o'clock, all non-essential businesses are officially closed. Mm-hmm. And we we're just like holy shit. Exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. like, you know, like people lose their careers because, you know, maybe they, you know, smoked it up or drank it up or did something to fuck up their careers. But when yeah. somebody, when when you get your career taken away from you. Um, you know, for something like this, it really just, um, it just, uh, it was just a really tough pill to swallow, man. Those first I'm telling you, man, those first, I'm, I've never really been depressed in my life, but those first two weeks I was really depressed, man. I was really, I didn't, you know, didn't know what to do. Didn't know what was going to come. Nobody did, you know? right? And, And, uh, no, no, no future in sight. So yeah, it just, uh, it was just a, just man it was a really crazy time just now just you know, especially you see the facebook memories and the instagram you know memories coming back up and yeah uh, the you know things that were happening at that time you know and you know the toilet paper wars and it's crazy uh, crazy to think uh, about it, yeah dude <laughs> it's just like going going to the store and there not being any meat yeah. or if there was if there was meat you had to you can only buy one yeah going by one white meat one red meat whatever yep. cans were all gone all that shit was everything gone. dude yeah. i remember going i remember going to the grocery store like multiple times in a day um you know different stores yeah all like, oh, this you know and then coming back the next day and then like like literally trying to like barter with the store guys like yo man when do you guys get trucks like yeah. talk to me like yo we don't know it's you know, before we had delivery days, and now the trucks are coming just whenever they come, we don't even know, like, so yeah, man, it's just that thing, but yeah, again, to make a long story longer, I think the one thing that I took from it is uh, um uh, you know, nothing is for sure, Yeah, and I mean, and you always know that, but we've we experienced it, you know, I experienced it. DJs experienced it the whole music and entertainment industry and live performance industry, uh, experienced it when for, you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, some artists, you know, it's, it's never been, it's been nothing, you know, right. I mean, Cher has been on her tribute tour for 20 years. You know? yeah. So it's like, <laughs> huh. you know, she, know, you know, nobody ever thought that that was gonna, you know, it was ever going to happen. So now it's just, uh, I think you just prepare yourself to, you know. Now that it did happen, it's almost like it could happen again at any exactly. time. Exactly. Yeah, it's like you, the un, the unthinkable happened, and air quotes. We made it through it, so it's kind of like they could do this to us any fucking time. Again. Yeah. Yep. You know, like
0: it's a it's a so, it's a scary thought, and like, how do you move on? You know, with that in the back of your mind, right? <laughs> you know, so. But, yeah,
1: I try, I try not to, man. I just, I just live my life to what's in front of me every single day. I, I yeah. try not to, 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 to live the, uh, the what if life. And, you know, you know, it's just, I'm a realist, you know, and what, whatever's in front of me is the things I'm dealing with. Yeah. You know, if some, if it's something, and then, and, and then like I talked about the depression part. Um, and then you just, you know, those, those cliches, it's like, well, if this, this is something I can't change. Yeah, Then You know, like that's, I started, you know, beating that into my head. Like, this is something I, I can't, I can't change. Like there's like usually, okay. If, if a club doesn't work out or this doesn't work out, you go somewhere else. Right. Reach right. out, talk to someone, make something happen for yourself, do other things. But when all of those doors are closed, it's just like something else yeah. completely has to happen now, you yeah. know? So there was, been, there was plenty of times where, you know, it was like, all right, well, you know, I got mouths to feed. So what am I going to do? You know, mm-hmm. Am I going to, you know, do this, do that? You know, am I going to have to start looking in the want ads again? Yeah. Is, my, is my nest egg going to run out before I start working again? Like all these questions, um, you know, that were constantly circulating in my mind 24 hours a day. And then I just came to the conclusion, just like you know what, like I can't change what's happening. I mean, I can't right. change. At least, I can't make them different. I can change. I can change my uh, my my situation, but I can't. I can't change what happened. It's happened. Right. There's nothing I can do. I need to move on, and see what's happening, and then um, you know the whole streaming, the Facebook and the Instagram started popping up, and then I started uh, evaluating and seeing what what DJs were doing. Um, that I felt like were working and yeah. what other DJs were doing that I felt like weren't working. And then I implemented both of those things and then started doing what I what I started doing. And then I start, and I just saw like people were just getting up there, like um, like trying to do club sets, yeah, like playing playing Mo Bamba and shit. <laughs> I'm just like,
0: it doesn't make sense. This? Yeah. It's like, yo,
1: who are you playing that for? Yeah. Who are you, who are you playing this like? super energetic trap club music for who are you playing that for (laughs) sober people at work at 10 o'clock in the morning it's like so i just like saw people like just fail miserably doing that those type of things and then i saw people um moderately have success and i like i said i just evaluated what everybody was doing and just took to it and then i just then that's when i started doing the the mixes at five o'clock yeah all vi- all vinyl and then i started doing the theme mixes because i was like nobody's no, i haven't seen anybody do them right. i would see like one person do maybe like a neptune's mix or do something you know here and there um you know but it wasn't like an everyday thing yeah and uh, so then i just i just started making just started doing you know every day with something tribe called quest dilla cypress hill dilated people's mm-hmm. fucking west coast gangster rap like east coast fucking timberland you know just music yeah. just like all types of shit you know like every day think coming up with new themes and trying to do and i really and then be, from what i was doing i actually saw other people just biting like, my ideas yeah <laughs> like, we, got to, you know, like, and these are DJs who are on, on a, on, you know, bigger level than I was. Right. You know, I, I would do, you know, this, this theme set and then, and then I would see this and you know, somebody else do it. And then, you know, and then, and then was like, all right, let me, I was like, and then that's when I started to do the morning show.
0: Mm-hmm. No,
1: nobody was doing them. Yeah. Nobody was doing them. I would wake up on Instagram. And 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 nobody was doing them. Nobody Facebook. Nobody was mixing in the morning. Nobody was doing like a, you know, like a cool vibe morning show. You know, so I was like, so I started doing. I started doing that. And like I said, and I'm not going to be like I'm some fucking, you know, some super crazy influencer. I'm just seeing what I saw. Nobody was doing it. And then after I did it, if there was a a slew of people start. Yeah, you know. And then again, that also has to do with, you know. You know, have you never heard of an artist and then somebody puts you on and then all of a sudden you start hearing about it, you know, it's kind of the same thing. Could it be that? Maybe. Could it be that they were stealing my ideas? Probably (laughs) that, you know, but, you know, um, you know, I try to stay optimistic and positive no matter what. But, you know, what? like, hey, maybe if I influence somebody who's on a bigger level than me. Cool you know what I mean they didn't they definitely didn't reach out and be like yo I saw what you're doing in the morning man it's a good idea I think I'm gonna do that but again (laughs) no nobody nobody would ever really do that you know right for the most part um so I can't and not that I expect them to do that but I it's like I started doing it and nobody was nobody did it that's why I started doing it yeah and I just did it on Saturday and Sunday Mm -hmm. and then and then when I got to twitch and started building up my following and then people were really fucking with it on Twitch and then that's when i started going more and more and then every week i started adding another day every week so i went from saturday and sunday and then i added friday and then i added thursday and then i added wednesday and then i added tuesday you know yeah. as a progress as a progression so you know oh, you know whatever man. well again you you've been i didn't i didn't i didn't create the theme idea but you know i definitely I definitely helped you
0: pushed it forward on a more exactly, consistent basis
1: exactly because that was the reason why i started doing it. yeah just because there wasn't like like you like i said um i felt like if you're gonna do this and you're gonna give people a reason to tune in there's gotta be a rhyme and reason yeah like you, you know like when people tune in to a night to a to a radio station um let's say at five o'clock when the mm-hmm. dj is mixing they know what to expect like the like for instance like the theme they maybe like it doesn't have to be a theme but they 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 know what to expect you know right probably gonna be the same 20 to 40 songs but (laughs) they know but but that's why they tune in though yeah and that's that's, and that's and that's why i think people are like it's like oh u92 plays the same music yeah that's what commercial music is that's what it is i mean that's what commercial radio is exactly so when people are like oh, they play the same 10 or 20 songs over and over and over again. It's like, ding, ding, ding. You figure yeah, it out. That's, that's, how, it they get, that's how they that's, make that's, their
0: money. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's what the, this is. U92 is a business. They're not, yeah. they're not a college radio station where they can play fly shit. I yeah. mean, realistically, if they wanted to play fly shit, they could. But that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but, uh, but, the real, but what I'm saying is, in their defense, in U92, in any commercial radio's defense, What people don't understand is this is a business, yeah. you know, and what they do, like people tune in because they know what to expect. People tune in, they listen to the radio and then what they get, they, they get there, you know, they they eat at the places that the radio is telling them to eat or they get their car fixed here or they go here, you know, and it's the same. And it's, and, and those same people, what do they do? They go home, they watch television, they buy the same products that are on the fucking commercials you know, and some people—that's the way they live their life. They're 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 yeah. told they're told what what, and they're okay with that. Yeah, they're okay with that. Like that they, that they're happy with that. So it's like you know, like people are like oh, U ninety two's dead, radio's dead. It's like it's really not. It's yeah. really not. It's like if you don't like it, and you don't like the music's on. Then cool, then go to Spotify or wherever you get your music from. You know, like so this is an ongoing battle. Like oh, U ninety two doesn't or. And I say Unity too because I'm in Utah, but it's right. like this is this any is, radio. This is the, fill in the this blank. The, yeah, this is the dialogue in any city. It's like, oh, they don't play, they don't play fucking Gangstar, and it's like, well, oh, well, yeah, they don't. <laughs> yeah. Guess what? A lot of radio stations across the country don't play fucking Gangstar, exactly. you know. So, so you know, unstrap your backpack, you know, like this is <laughs> It's not, you know, like, you oh, know, shit. if they're, you know, they're a commercial radio station. It's just if they're not satellite, they're not. Mixed cloud, they're not yeah. SoundCloud, they're not, you know, Sirius, they're not any of those stations, you know. And then most, most commercial stations aren't. If you want Sirius, go to Sirius. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and that's in, in you know, <laughs> in U92 and any commercial radio's defense. And those are the people on the outside who don't know shit. And it's exactly. like, well, well, bro, if you, no one told you to, to stay tuned in to know their whole playlist, if you don't like what's being played, <laughs> Just turn it off like yo 1099 (laughs) apple music you have unlimited music you have unlimited like you shouldn't people shouldn't people at this this day and age in 2021 people should not be complaining about commercial radio no
0: not at all like it shouldn't even be a a discussion
1: exactly (laughs) man it it should not be a discussion at all so many
0: other options out there yeah um all right, man. Well, I've, I've appreciated your time. Uh, I, I generally end these interviews with a couple of just quick hit questions. So, uh, you can give me one word answers. If you'd like, you can add context to them, whatever, you want to do. Um, it's up to you. So I'll start off. Uh, the first question I have for you is your favorite venue to DJ.
1: Oh, uh, wow. Here in Utah. It, it, or yeah, in general, in, in
0: just in general, anywhere you DJ. Oh DJ'd.
1: man, I'm gonna have to name off all my current residencies so I can keep getting paychecks. <laughs> um, I like, you know what? I really like them all for different reasons, man. Um, I like downstairs and cabin in Park City because, like, the tourism. Like, you never know what to fucking expect. Yeah, like you know, like Park City is such a tu- is so tour- tourism driven that you know, one week it could be you know like tech house and like brisk said tech house and megan the stallion and one <laughs> next week it could be you know like throw like throwbacks like yeah. who know, you know you never know man like there's it's just and and that's really dope too because you're not really like in the same vibe every single week because you get you know constantly there's people from out of town so um you know not to compare it to any other city it's it's really hard to compare it to because yeah. you know, the, the, t- the tourism is so for any DJs out there who DJ in a town that have a lot of tourism, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I love the Depot. I love Usana. I love, um, I love, and then they're all different. They're all different. Yeah. Those are all. Those are all like the concert venues. Um, I, the complex. I love the complex, man. Like a lot of people give that place the hate. You well, know, yeah. like, but I, I love the complex, man. Um, just gives you like that old, like illegal warehouse vibes, you know, like, but obviously they're legal. Um, uh, but yeah, it gives (laughs) you, gives you that, gives you that like old school down the alley, you know, in the back of the warehouse. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. I like, I like, I like DJing the dinner sets. I like D you know, cause it's kind of like, you're mixing the food with the music, kind of like the sports with the music. So yeah. um, like the place we did, de- Brisk and I, we do Varley on Wednesdays and we play 70s and 80s funk
0: mm-hmm. and
1: uh it's from seven to 10. So like, okay. I mean, it's, it, we play dope ass music and it's just, a, it's just, it's just a cool, it's just a cool setting, you know, like not, nobody's dancing, just people are just sitting, you know, yeah. I don't know it's just every place is different literally every single place i dj at is completely different yeah so okay. like it'd be hard to if they were all just nightclubs you know with the same music and the same crowd i could probably pick one but like yeah they're all they're literally all different all the places i dj at right now are different but i love them i love all of them man they're all they're all great man they're all okay. great okay all right perfect you, and of course, t- sound oh. sound well because that's what we oh, do in yeah. Slap Lake yep. City. Your you slap know, Lake that, City shows yeah, man. Way. They yeah. the sound the the, the the sound is incredible there. The the staff, uh, the hospitality is ridiculous there. It's like best in the state.
0: Okay. All right, perfect. The uh you touched for a second there on on folks eating while you're at Varley. And I know you um you have the nickname the snack lord. So uh um, oh yeah, Easter is upon us. Uh, give us, you know, two to three must-have Easter snacks.
1: Ooh, um, phew, you the you, I mean the number one, two, three, four, and five are, are the fucking Reese's peanut butter cup, uh, yeah. egg. Yes. I mean that's the king. That's yep. the king right there. I mean, but you know you got to go with the Cadbury classic. Mm-hmm. So really, the, the Reese's peanut butter cup, the Easter egg. The Cadbury Classic and um, man, uh, you I probably, uh, I mean, Easter, you got to go with the deviled eggs, right? I'm a big oh, deviled eggs absolutely. guy. I'm a big deviled it. eggs guy. So, you know, that's, I mean, that's a snack. So,
0: okay. Okay. Perfect. One, one have you ever had the, or it's like a Cadbury egg, but it's by Oreo. Have you had that?
1: The-
0: oh, Yes, I have kind, had the
1: Oreo. Yes.
0: Kind yes. of underwhelming. Kind of, I'm a yeah. huge Oreo guy. The egg. Oh, somewhere. are you? Yeah, I would love Oreo. You, you, you posted that candle of the Oreo, and I think I reached uh, out to you and like, damn, where'd you get that? Oh, the website. They were sold out, and they were going for like triple
1: online. Just a yeah.
0: Oreo candle,
1: insane. Yeah, but, I, I happened, I happened to there was a guy. Uh, there's a guy who runs a um, uh, a Funko like fan page, uh-huh. and he posts like random shit like that. And I was like, oh no shit. So I went to the website <laughs> and I ordered, and I ordered it. And then, and then, like after I posted it, somebody, a couple other people hit me up and said the same thing. We're like, "Yo, yeah. shit, sold out!" I was like, "Oh, really?" I was Insane
0: like, I-? resell. Yeah, it's like sneakers. Like, what yeah. the fuck? Anyway, so okay, th- those are some perfect snacks. I got. I I agree with all three of them. I love deviled Let, eggs. I and, and make sure you. S- s-
1: no offense to Lady Gaga, but you gotta you gotta skip the Lady Gaga Oreos, man. They are not. Oh, good. See, I haven't tried them. my but I haven't. Okay. They're not good, dude. They're, he- they're like they're they're heavily dyed because oh, okay. they're because they're green and pink. Yeah. So like it's just like uh it's like you could just like <laughs> take you know like that that dye taste, like when yeah. you're like do doing like when you make your own uh frosting or something. Yeah, uh, uh, it's just like yeah, don't yeah, you can skip those. <laughs> skip those.
0: Oh man. Okay. Uh the next two questions I have here are, are uh heavy on uh the wrestling side of things because you just like myself are, are a big wrestling fan. So for sure. Th- the first question um pertains to your Mount Rushmore of wrestlers. Who who do you have on that?
1: Oh man. Um my mount rushmore would have to be sting. Okay. The- the the Road Warriors, and man, probably. I have to throw Hogan in there. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, I love that the road. I love the Road Warriors being on there. That's, I mean, as far as tag teams go, there's nobody. Yeah. No way yeah. to compare. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so the, the next one would be the next wrestling question. Um, your favorite, and I know you've attended a, a bunch, so this might be kind of difficult, but your favorite wrestling event that you've attended live.
1: Oh, that's easy. The, uh, um, the, the rest, the WrestleMania, the like the three years ago when it was in Orlando, when well, I took my kids, it was there. It was their first oh, WrestleMania. Oh, okay. And then we went. And then we went the following year uh, in Orlando. No, or, it was Orlando, New Orleans, and I think I think it was either New York or Dallas. Or I think something. it was Dallas. I think it was da- Dallas. Yeah. yeah, Dallas, and then New York, and then I think then it was COVID. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those 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 two. I was actually actually uh, th- those, and then it's a tie. Um, my son, my oldest son. Uh, when he when he was about seven or eight, nine somewhere in that realm, yeah. uh, he he started getting into wrestling. And uh, we went to SummerSlam uh, mm. one year, and we flew out to SummerSlam. When uh, we didn't tell him that we were going to SummerSlam, we just told him we were going to California, so he didn't think any <laughs> oh, he didn't th- he, he didn't think anything of it. Next thing you know, we're just like cruising downtown LA, and it's like they have all the signs are everywhere and he's just like oh look at the re- summer slam oh this is that. and the next thing you know we pull up to staples center and park oh damn. And get out yeah so that was that was really dope that and then um the um the wrestlemania one well, those damn. yeah so okay
0: that's dope i i can't wait i mean my son's into like He'll watch wrestling and he's young, you know, he'll watch wrestling for a second, but then he likes to like really wrestle, you know, like drop, drop a suplex or he's really into the walls of Jericho right now. Yeah, (laughs) He'll yell it out. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, I I can't wait for that day to when he's like, I want to go. Um, yeah, that, that I I can imagine that'd be really cool. So, yeah, um, it was,
1: it's really, it's really dope. It was, it was really dope for sure. Uh,
0: okay. So. The, the last, uh, question here is if, and again, man, this is, you've done so much, so this might be hard, but if you had to pick one, uh, what was the funnest event you have, uh, DJed either private or public?
1: Uh, definitely, definitely hard to pick one. Um, let's see the, um, the KRS, the one, the, the first time I DJed for KRS where he called me out.
0: Mm, see, I didn't even touch on that. I, I, there was so much we've talked about and I didn't yeah. bring that up.
1: Yeah. That, that, that one, um, the time at the depot when I opened up for Wu Tang and it was just me and them and there was no opening oh, act yeah. and they were, and they were 90 minutes late. Um,
0: <laughs> That's, that doesn't sound like Wu Tang at all.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, it doesn't sound like them at all. Um, um, those are two two. Mem- I mean, there. I, I feel like all of them, you know, are memorable. Memorable to a certain extent. Right. Uh,
0: I mean, you've uh, done so much. It, it it's got to be hard. I I know. I've been yeah. jealous of a lot there, of shit you've done. Oh my no,
1: <laughs> There's been there was. A, I mean, there's been a couple of shows where something monumental has happened. Like yeah. that. Like like the KRS one. Um the um what was the other one i said the wu-tang where you Oh, the wu-tang mm-hmm. yeah the wu-tang because i'm a huge wu-tang fan and that was right after odb died mm. um and nobody knew and they were still they were still on that um are they coming nobody knows if they're coming who's oh, coming man. which ones are coming yeah. nobody knows uh and then of course they were 90 minutes late and then the guy's like, you got to just keep playing, keep playing. And that was my, another reason why that was so memorable Memorable was because that was the first time I ever used Serato at a show. Oh, shit. Okay. I had just switched over from vinyl to Serato. And that was the first, wow. I, had used, I had used it a couple times in the club, yeah. but I didn't use it in, in a show. That was the first like concert that I DJed at. So for them to be able to say, Keep going was a lot easier than the vinyl days because I exactly. might have been like, "Yo, fam, I'm out. I'm out of record. That's yeah, it. like you know, yep. like I'm have to be playing like some sh- fucking slumpy B sides or something. <laughs> like I don't know. Like and then, <laughs> yes. and then I also remember um, because in Wu Tang fashion, they were taking forever. Uh, Somebody threw something at me. Oh my god. Um, and I stopped the music and I was like, "Yo, don't do that." <laughs> like don't I, I was i was like i was like i'm not the one that's holding them back i'm not the one keeping them from coming out here i yeah. want to see them perform just as just as bad as you guys do so you doing that to me isn't going to do anything but have you kicked out right you know what i mean because Damn, you kept start, your cool because of, yeah because i was like because if we decide to stop the show i guarantee the people around you are going to tell on you yeah you know what i mean like So that, so, so yeah, those are kind of two memorable ones.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, from a wrestling perspective, you DJed for the Bella twins and my, my wife is going to give me shit for even asking this question because they were on my list. You know what I mean? At uh, one point in my life. But what was that like?
1: (laughs) Uh, That was dope, man. They were really, really nice, really humble. um, Down to earth. Like every dude, they were, they, they were, they, 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 came to party, man. Yeah. They really came. They, they danced all night long. Like That's they, dumb. they, were, they were, they, uh, um, obviously they were there because they had their product launch, you know, and they had to do their politics you know, shake yeah. hands, kiss babies and all that. But I'm telling you once that, once the business part was done, yo, the hair was up, they were ready <laughs> to party. They were having a good time. They were dancing and partying with everybody. They were, it was dope, man. They were, that's um, dope. they were really, uh, really, 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 really dope people, man. So that's fun. All right, man. Well,
0: I don't want to take any more of your time. This has been a real fun conversation. Um, I know people are really going to
1: enjoy it as well. Um, dope, I, mean, I, I, Thank think, you again I think, for me I think,
0: I think everywhere on socials, it's DJ Juggy, right? Is there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Everywhere. It's it's, it's DJ Juggy. Yep
0: perfect and i'll put a bunch of links within the podcast description to your twitch and and different things like that so um is there anything you want to say before we head out i mean you have a million things to plug but uh you know. um
1: no nah, i don't really have anything to plug uh i will say though if your friends are creatives um if your friends are small business owners If, you know, when I say friends, I'm obviously family, I know, is included in that too. Um, you know, support them, you know, that's the one thing I can say. Um, and maybe that's one of the things that I did take from the pandemic is that, um, you know, um, not every, not everybody that you think is on your side is definitely on your side, man. A lot of times you see a lot of people, um, you know, they may support you when it's, uh, when it's beneficial for them you know, or when, you know, and, you know, and, and that's fine. You know, you got in this business, you got to have that, you know, what I consider low expectations. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't hold grudges against people who don't support. I don't like put it in people's faces or do any of that shit. But a lot of times the support that people can give that they don't, that they don't give is free. Yep. And a lot of times, The support that people can give and don't give that isn't free, they're giving somewhere else. Mm -hmm. Meaning maybe, um, maybe you have a candle company, you know, um, and, uh, everyone knows you have a fucking candle company because you (laughs) are promoting it nonstop, right? Right you're promoting it every fucking opportunity you get to to promote your candle company um but yet people still buy their candles from lush or they mm-hmm. buy them from bed bath and beyond or the hallmark store or wherever the fuck that they buy candles from yeah. you know because for whatever reason you know people are trained to do things a certain way you know as easy as it is for somebody to um, pull up Apple Music or Spotify or YouTube or anywhere that they get music, they can go to Twitch where mm-hmm. there's DJs that are streaming for free. Yep. You know, you know, you know, maybe I use that as a segue, you know, as, to, as the, I, I learned, you know, people aren't going to always support people may support you because you're DJing at a pop and ass fucking club, mm-hmm. you know, And it's cool because you can get them in or whatever the case is, but you know, and it's like, it doesn't always translate to the other shit that you do. Right. You know? So that's why I said, you just got to, you know, you kind of just take it in stride. And for the people that are listening, you know, if your friends and family are creatives, small business owners, do your best to support them, you know, because like I said, nine out of 10 times, it's either free to support or you're already. Supporting a different product that you could be supporting theirs. Yep. Whether it can, that could be any fucking thing candles, could be food, could be somebody's knitting masks, could be anything. It could be anything, but you know, like people would rather. Buy Nikes from Nike than they would from Feist because they're more comfortable with buying online and getting it delivered to their house than they would be going to the local sneaker boutique and fucking supporting local. Yeah. You know, or, you know, you're going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to go, you're going to eat in this weekend for your family. You know, it's payday. It's Friday, fucking direct deposit Fridays. (laughs) It's, you got your stimulus check, you got your, you got your income tax check. Yo eat somewhere local instead yeah, of eating exactly. at fucking applebee's or chili's or mcdonald's or ihop go eat at your local fucking park cafe or over the counter or one of those other spots you know so yeah. i think i think people could be supporting local and could be supporting people excuse me uh people around them if they you know if they really fucking wanted to you know yeah.
0: yep i agree 100 percent, and that's um something so. that needs to be done more and something that again you've you've done for the for the city for the local hip hop and and uh just you know utah in general so and and,
1: and I think not I don't not that I think but the reason why I do do it is because when I came up um uh there was a lot of gatekeeping you know like sure. you know hi, hiding the labels you know staying exclusive with records um and even when the beat junkies when they started their school um babu spoke spoke about you know when we were battle djs we gatekept all of our secrets we don't want to fucking we want to be the best battle dj there was out there we want to be the best beat juggler scratcher you know whatever it is so we only shared our secrets amongst our crew you know and and i and then after when they opened up the beat junkie school and it made me realize like you know each one teach one man you gotta you know help the new generation out that are coming, you know, after you, because, you know, I'm definitely going to be red alert in those clubs you can guarantee (laughs) I'm going to be out there. I'm just, I'm just letting you young young bucks know right this (laughs) very second. If you don't know who DJ red alert is, go look up DJ red alert. You can guarantee my ass will be in the clubs looking exactly like fucking red alert when I'm 60 something, (laughs) 70 something years old. Um, you know, but, but really, um, it's just, yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah. Just, uh, no, I, I, could, I could babble. I could babble all day long, but yeah, just, <laughs> the, it was the, you know, the gatekeeping and it just made me realize like, you know, like let's help, 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 help the youth help, help, yeah. you know, whether they're MCs or, or DJs or whatever they're, whatever it is, you know, help them. And I try, and I do try to help them. I try not to give out too much unsolicited, uh, um, feedback because it could come. Cause you know, I don't, um, I don't know all of these guys personally. Sure, but uh, if there is an opportunity for me to give some productive criticism, and I feel like I'm doing it tastefully, um, you know, I would never do it distastefully. Then I do, but again, I really try to hold back from doing that unless I'm asked, just because then it comes across as I'm a know-it-all fucking yeah, idiot, yeah. you know, it's like, okay, great, OG, nobody fucking asked you, go fuck <laughs> yourself, you know what I mean, so to avoid anything like that, I try to just keep my mouth shut unless it's somebody I really fuck with, you know, and I might give them, say, hey, you know what, I noticed you were doing this, maybe if you did it this way, it might be a little bit more productive for you or right. whatever, you know, but um, and I try to keep my suggestions to myself just because um in this in this day and age where everybody has a voice for everything you know it's just uh better to better just to just keep it under wraps unless somebody asks you you know because i'm the same way like oh cool opinion dickhead nobody fucking (laughs) asked you you know so like
0: yeah yep yep Oh man, well, again, bro, I really appreciate your time. I'd love to have you on in the future, just to you know, we could chop it up about wrestling, music, whatever it may be. But this was a a, a really fun interview, and and for the few people that don't know you that will listen to this podcast, I think uh, they'll they'll really come away with a lot of things and uh, from your career and and just the type type of person you are. So, in the event they're out at these restaurants and you know they they don't go to clubs but they see you DJing, they'll be like, oh, I listen to a podcast with that guy you seem really cool so
1: yeah just follow me on Twitch this way you don't have to come to the club there you go <laughs> I play I play better music on Twitch than I do at the club <laughs> 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 oh man uh, let me take that back I like the music I play on Twitch better there you go it's like different it's I just it's just different right it's yeah. different no I'm not you know, when I go to the clubs, I'm not playing for me. I don't give a fuck. You want to hear Soldier Boy? I'll play fucking Soldier Boy. <laughs> and, just, and just and I my talking about shit like that. I played Pooh Shistie the other day. Oh, um, yeah. uh because that record's like trending. He's a he's a big artist, the record mm-hmm. is big. Yo, I could have I could have gave the crowd uh sour milk martinis and they would have enjoyed that more than that song. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah, oh, so okay. And I was kind of excited. You know, I I like I said I, did, I I I was in the tempo. It was the right right place, the right time. Yeah. And it just boom, it just didn't flopped. Hit. You know, yeah, no, it didn't hit. And I and I thought for sure it was going to hit because it's it's such a big record. Right. Um, but yeah, oh.
0: no, it didn't it didn't it didn't, did it, it didn't it didn't quite get there. It didn't <laughs>
1: quite make the cut. <laughs>
0: Oh man. All right, bro. I appreciate you uh, taking time out of your evening to talk to me. And um, I know we'll, uh, again, I'll have you back on soon. And uh, in, 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 in the meantime, stay safe out there. And uh, once it's all good for me to come outside, I will be
1: out to support. (laughs) I like that, man. Until then, I'll I'll see you on Twitch. Absolutely.
0: I'll be there every Saturday morning for sure. (laughs) I, I like that. All right, my brother. Peace. All right. See ya.